It'll be good enough. <laughs> Speaking of good enough, welcome everyone to the Respawn Aim Fire podcast, the kick-ass irreverent gaming podcast where five lifelong friends gathered around to talk about video games. I'm Chad Michael Linus. We've got Holden DePardo with us. Hello. And we've got the nerds at large. I'm going to let you guys introduce yourself so people can associate your names with your voices. Go. Um, well, I am Darby Hallman from Nerds at Large. And hey, Chad, do you remember when they made Brand King? Oh, God. <laughs> what a terrible, <laughs> terrible thing. Uh, and I am Jeff Mayo, the other nerd at large. You might remember Nerds at Large from way back when Game of Thrones Season 8 was on and we joined them for a spoiler cast each week. If you are curious about our thoughts on that old dinosaur of a show, go back and listen to it. Uh, we really spoilers. liked it. Yeah. We really liked it. loved it, loved you guys. It. If you just want it a beacon of positivity. So What's funny, good. though, is that we did, we did like it, like the first two episodes, in terms of like, oh, we're really curious where they're going with this. And then you just hear our reactions drop off into the abyss. I think the long night is when we're mostly like, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we know how it's going to go now. But it's one of those things where, that, like, it was you... like, well, there was good things. There's good things. It's going somewhere. <laughs> it's, like... <laughs> it's like when you get a dog and the dog is like, it shits on the floor and it like chews your windowsills. And you're like, no, this is fine. This is fine. It's great. He'll, he'll calm down. And then he like bites your kid. And you're like, you know what? The kid was hitting it with the toy. And then it like <laughs> goes for the jugular on your husband. And you're just like, this is this is not okay. This is not okay. It's just it's one thing after working another. out. And by Great the time you get to the me. finale, it's like going back home and realizing if I when I open the door, it's just gonna be shit all over the place. <laughs> the dog just wrecked my apartment. Do is I even want to go home? Is that a shit on the floor? <laughs> oh shit! The dog shotgun my family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you remember when they introduced shotguns in the Game of Thrones? Might have been approved. And you, the listener, are the fifth lifelong friend. Thank you for listening. We love you. Um, Your support is wonderful. If you'd like to support us, Respawn Aim Fire's Patreon at patreon.com slash Respawn Aim Fire. You can get all sorts of cool goodies. You can play along with us. You can influence what we play. And you can get dope-ass wallpapers. Ooh, ass wallpapers. That's what's going to be next. No, we've already decided what's next. You're drawing stick figures for it. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. It's right. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Shit. We should have... Oh, no. Save it. Save it. That's an April Fool's. I forgot about that. Okay. (laughs) We're going to start this episode with a segment that we do usually when we have guests on for the first time since whenever we started doing this. So, I think it was August or something like that. It's a segment called Read the Nerds at Large Instruction Manual. We call it that regardless of who's here. We call it the Nerds at Large <laughs> Instruction Manual. Yeah, that much an impact on them, Darby. Wow. Wow. <laughs> you guys. Hey, thanks for the free plugs because I just realized we didn't even plug anything. We just talked about Game of Thrones at the top. <laughs> <laughs> check out Nerds at Large Gaming Podcast. That's it. Thanks. Bye. Dope. Dope. <laughs> Um, so I'm going to ask you three interview questions, um, and then I'm going to have video game word association. I'm going to name 10 video game type words, and I want just your immediate reaction to whatever that is. So question number one, without mentioning video games, describe yourself. Who wants to go first? You can go, Darby. All right. (laughs) Well, um, I I think I'm a, a very passionate I try to be a very passionate person. I, I think I can consider myself a perfectionist, even if I'm uh, not not good at a lot of things. But I, I, I try my best. And uh, 
Um, I don't know. I just try, I try to be a loyal and positive person. And I think that I'm a positive person until I'm around Jeff. And then Jeff's usually like way more positive than me. It makes me feel like, uh, <laughs> makes me feel very, very negative. <laughs> Jeff, you're up. Okay. Well, like Darby said, I'm a, I can be a very positive person. I try to look at the bright side of everything. Um, let's see. Just your voice and your demeanor is just like, I'm so smiley, and I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Je- Je- I moved in with Jeff now a few weeks ago, and it's just like, every now and then, it's just I just need the positivity in my life. I'm like, Jeff, can you just start talking about Kingdom Hearts? I don't care about Kingdom Hearts. I just need the positivity. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but could be a very shy person, but once you get to know me, sometimes I just can't stop talking, and I'll probably annoy you. <laughs> um this is unrelated to the interview questions you guys moved in together that's awesome that's a big step yeah not necessarily for your relationship but like for your your continued <laughs> podcast yeah yeah and we have this we have a dedicated uh streaming and podcast room now which is God, pretty sweet nice. it's like these microphones yeah. are just always set up it's like so easy it's pretty yes. awesome you just walk in and sit down and you're done like that's, that's it. great that's it's it so you don't great. even have to talk about anything you just sit down <laughs> all right our podcast is just us staring into the camera for an hour and a half it's great yeah. <laughs> sometimes we lick our lips sometimes we might blow our nose it's riveting um speaking of question number two tell us about your content um, yeah, so we we have uh, our main podcast is the Nerds at Large Gaming Podcast. It's uh, similar to Responding Fire. We talk about what we've been playing at the top of the show and then dive into news and then have a main topic. And every now and then, Jeff pulls uh, pulls out a game for us to play and shenanigans ensue. It's, uh, it's a good time. That posts every uh, Monday, and that's that's definitely our primary show. Uh, we also will react to like the Marvel movies and Star Wars movies at Nerds at Large Spoiler Cast. That's also where you can get Game of Thrones. And then um, very soon, probably this week, I'm going to try to hold myself to this week, we are actually launching a new podcast, and it's a D&D podcast. We're doing Ooh. a live play uh, campaign oh, nice. that I am writing. Uh, the the first arc that you're going to hear is actually from a pre-made campaign, but I kind of doctored the end to transition into the story that I'm telling. Um, if any of your listeners have ever listened to the Adventure Zone from the McElroy brothers, that's absolutely the, basically the style I'm aping. Uh, but that's really exciting. It's definitely like the biggest creative endeavor I've ever done. It's like I'm making this story. And it's like, I hope this is good. I hope this is something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's going to be called Nerds and Dragons. And yeah. that's going to the podcast feed and everything about that should go up this week. If not this week, then probably next week. Yeah. We also doing a little more streaming now that we have the space. Makes it a oh. lot easier, especially that we're no. living together. So Usually getting together is <laughs> the hard part, but makes it a lot easier. Currently streaming a Pokemon Nuzlocke for Pokemon Shield, where we catch a bunch of Pokemon, nickname them, and send them to their deaths. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> We've already had some tragedy that has struck him. It was, oh, you guys fun. are going to love our Game on Game show today. It's be great. <laughs> <laughs> um, awesome. Number three. Question number three. Who is someone who truly inspires you? All right, Jeff, you go first. I went first last time. Mm. Unless you're just not ready. My mom? 
All right, go for it. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of the basic stuff. She's just works hard to try to make a good life for me and my sister and all that. She believes in us. And but in spite of, you know, difficult times in her life, she always pushes forward. I know that's very basic stuff, but that just the truth. She also listens awesome. to metal music and takes me and Jeff to metal shows. <laughs> that's awesome. It's pretty great. One of my favorite bands is Slipknot. All right. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, well, I was going to obviously, okay, the, my parents, like, obviously, with it, that's self explanatory, but I was actually going to go with there's a, um, there's a, like, kind of a indie pop artist that I listen to called Lights. She's from Canada. Uh, and she's just an artist that I've been listening to ever since I was in like freaking seventh grade or something like that. And, um, it's just been, it's been very cool kind of, especially me and Jeff, we're still into music, but that used to be like our main thing where video games are our main thing. Now that used to be what we did. And, um, I've just been like kind of following her career ever since then, whenever she was just like making music on MySpace and just got shared a bunch uh, but like no one really knew her. All of her videos were just like her in her bedroom, just like playing an acoustic guitar. And then like, I saw her go through her career, start to rise up and then kind of go down again. And she stopped making music for a few years was like talking about stopping. And then suddenly she started making a few more albums. And then now she's like exploding. She's selling out shows and going all over the place. And it's just, it, it's, it's really cool because you, it, it's weird to see someone that big that like, I literally would like tweet and stuff at like a long time ago. And she had such a small following that it was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's that, awesome. That's that. I mean, that I just tried to tried to pull one that was a little bit out of the ordinary. And that's, I love it. That'll be that you someday. Be my, Somebody be like be me. I'm going to be when a I was artist. listening to Darby's podcast. <laughs> now he's so big. You'll marry the singer of bless the fall. Yep. I'm going to marry, marry the singer of bless the fall. We're going to do it. Awesome. We've got video game word association. I've got 10 video game related words for you. I'm going to say them and then I want you just immediately whatever the first thing that comes to mind is. Wait, so question. Do we both answer to each word just together? Uh, uh, yes. Who, just shout it. Just okay. shout it out. <laughs> okay. Both at of you, time. like at the same time. <laughs> Number one. Sure. <clears throat> Sean Layden. PlayStation. Gone. <laughs> right where the fuck is he because <laughs> dead in the ditch we don't know <laughs> yep probably i bet they have someone on his twitter account like logged in not him just like liking things to make sure everybody thinks he's alive <laughs> <laughs> number I mean, two that, that was around the same time as area 51 you know what i'm just saying oh shit <laughs> he stormed forward he was with them running towards <laughs> area 51 he's in and- space no, he's in Number prison. They arrested him. He made it on. He found all the secrets. <laughs> he saw the aliens. He's drinking pina claws with Reggie. He's fine. Gross. <laughs> uh, coconut, get out. <laughs> Number two, cross button. PlayStation. <laughs> cross button. Uh, yeah, PlayStation. <laughs> Am I going to say PlayStation for all these? Find out. <laughs> Maybe. Number three, rear touchpad. PlayStation. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> <laughs> Number four, DPS. Damage per second, I'm sorry. (laughs) Nerd talk. (laughs) Nerd talk. Freaking nerds. Number five, latency. Computers. PC. 
Gross. Number six, <laughs> Jeff Keeley. Show. Kojima. Show. Show. <laughs> Just very we have boring show. answers here. <laughs> We're not doing great. Um, number, what is this? Seven? Yeah, number seven. Rendered in engine. Fake. <laughs> I need to be more. Uh, I was gonna say Xbox. I don't know something about their presentation seemed very. I don't know. Number eight, ray tracing. Control. None of my yeah. answers are good. Uh, computer was what came to my mind instantly. <laughs> Number nine, strand game. Koji, a fake. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't exist. Fake genre. It's not a genre. <laughs> That's Number an ten adventure game, right? Number ten. <laughs> Do you remember Anthem? No, <laughs> no. What were you crazy? Talking about? <laughs> that piece of shit came out this year, and totally everyone forgot about it. But That's it's it. Still, it's still in the top ten selling games for MPDs. <laughs> Is it really? Yeah, we go over it every month, and it's still hanging on. Holy shit! Or maybe just gotten off this month or something. But well, now that it was $5 on Black Friday, like... I, mean, I don't think it's been anywhere near the top 10 any of those months. It no, no, no. It, so it's just from the first month. Oh. Oh, gotcha. Like, year-to-date sales. Yeah. That's a I'm lot just of disappointed say, As a rule, I think if you're... Before your game comes out, if you're calling your game the Bob Dylan of video games, you're it's going to be underwhelming. You're going to, like... <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just a bad sign. You shouldn't be saying that. <laughs> Well, that brings us into playtime, where we talk about what we played this week, and probably, um, I don't know, I was going to make a funny joke, but I couldn't think of anything on the spot. I'm just so nervous. Holden, you haven't talked in a while. Tell us about what you played this week. I don't have much to say, because all I really played was a little bit of Katana Zero, nice. uh, on the recommendation from Adam Gumby, and that is a really, really fun game so far. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's essentially, I mean, I'm not that far into it, but essentially is, you play a level as a samurai, and there's some sort of like some kind of decision you have to make towards the end sometimes like there might be a person you want to talk to them or kill them and then after the level's done you have to talk to your therapist about what happened and you can just like beg for your medication or you can kind of play along and it's as you play along it starts to fill in kind of story details of this dream you had that's kind of where i'm at right now with the game but it's interesting and i'm really intrigued to kind of where it goes from here it also just feels so goddamn good to play it's really satisfying Yep. I had really no good. idea that was a thing in the game. I honestly don't know much about this game other than like Andy Cortez freaking loves it. Yeah, I didn't know about that at all. I knew there was a game that did that, and then I started playing going, oh, that's this game. <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, I think, Jeff, that's probably pretty up there in your game of the year, I imagine, right? I'd have to imagine, yeah. I played it like right after it came out, whenever that was, January or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Really, I liked it. I actually um, speed ran it a couple times because I enjoyed the gameplay that much, and it is like a puzzle, so... You kind of learn as yeah. you go. Oh shit! So, there's puzzle elements. It's no, no, not no. a puzzle. It's it's like figuring out how to defeat enemies in the right way, in the right order, because it's very fast paced. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you die, you just go right back to the beginning level again. You got to yeah. Do it if all you over. get hit once, you, yeah, you got to start the whole, the section all over again. So it's figuring out how to go through the level without getting hit and all that, and when to use like your slow down time mechanic and all that. I just want to say, Chad, not- Chad, I feel you on the spiritual level, but oh god, there's puzzle elements. <laughs> Isn't Baba's You like one of your favorite games of the year? I know, yeah, yeah, you were talking about Baba's You, and I was like, fuck that game. I mean, that, that is such a like outlier for me, and it's specifically because I played it with my sister, who's a lot smarter than me. Oh, that's right. Um, okay. Our combined brain power did that. No, but 
usually I'm pretty, I get pretty uh, frustrated with puzzle games. <laughs> Holden, what else do you play? That's it. That's it. I did Google Stadia, um, but it, uh, I think you played more of that than I did, so I, I'd rather hear your impressions of that when we get there. Okay, and then you can just chime in with whatever the fuck you played on it. Yeah, exactly. But before we get to me, I'm going to talk to Jeff. Jeff, tell me what you played this week. Okay, um, the game I mainly played, I beat the game AI The Somnium Files. I've never fucking heard of that. What is it? <laughs> it is a visual novel S game made from the Zero Escape, the main guy behind Zero, the Zero Escape series. Um, it is a very Japanese anime S game as far as things go. What you're doing is you're solving a murder. Um, that's how it starts out, and you play as a detective who has a fake eye, which has an AI built in, who you talk to just okay. kind of throughout the game, and they're branching story paths in the game. Then you get kind of different endings, but there's the way it works. There is one true ending and the different branching paths. What they mainly do is fill out details for the other part of the story. So for example, I finished one and something kind of happened in is like, I don't get the reason behind that immediately went back to one of the other paths and it explained it kind of immediately because that's where the story, that path naturally took it as far as explaining it. Yeah. And the main part, as far as the gameplay goes, you enter, um, you have the detective enter people's dreams, and this is where the weird anime stuff a lot of the time happens, where it's a distorted version of their dreams, and you're supposed to kind of like solve little puzzle things to try to figure out what they're hiding, if they're lying, all that kind of stuff. It's really. And what fun. are you playing this on? Switch. It's on Switch. Yeah, and PS4. Okay. Um, I will say this though, as far as the anime stuff, to let people know if this turns you off. There are a couple weird anime things, like the main character is a pervert. They bring up that joke too many times. I'll say this because I think you guys will get a laugh out of it. Um, there are a couple firefights in this. And to get the the main character to do what the she wants, the AI will say, hey, there's a porn magazine over there. And he will move at super speed. Yep. Out. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Record. Yep. That is deep down that rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, it's not as bad as I make it sound, but it's still something that's there. And then there's stuff like a 12 year old girl has super strength, just because reasons. But <laughs> it is a fun. it is a um, very interesting game. It has a good mystery going on, and I really enjoyed the characters. Though I do wish they toned down the whole pervert aspect. Of just it. your classic anime whodunit. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it ties into the end of the game. Maybe like when you oh you just finished it, so you would know. Yep, I know all the secrets. Murder. It's really well done as far as the branching path, though. Is it kind of, um, you at the end of it, you kind of you kind of understand why the different stuff happening different paths as far as like what was different in each one. So why diff, why did different things happen? Dope. Yep. Darby, Sweet. you're up. All right. Well, the. Uh, the, the game I beat this week, you know, it was a long, gr- grueling, hour-long experience, but I beat Sayonara Wild Hearts. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I am. I did somehow. That game's an hour long, and I somehow managed to split it up between, like, five sittings. <laughs> I think how many sittings I did for AI. Yeah, you know, That's just, like a 20-plus hour game. I would just play it, like, in my lunch break. I would play, like, two songs, and I'm like... All right, that's enough. I'm gonna go. <laughs> Not that it was bad; it was very good. But I, I don't know how I managed to do that. But no, that was that's a really just a cool, nice little experience. It's basically, it's like a. I mean, would you call that an endless runner? 
It, I don't know what exactly you would call it. It's the on rails thing. You're kind of like going on yeah. a path and collecting mm-hmm. stuff, you know, to, but it's to the beat of this music. It's basically, it's like you're playing an album. You're playing, it's like a pop album and you're like playing the music video for it almost. And you'll uh, do all this, you know, all these like, um, like tracks and stuff that you're going on or to the beat of the music. And, it was really cool because as the al- as it went along, it, at first I was like, okay, is this going to be the whole game? Is the whole game just, like, it's not really my type of game, just like the single button jump and collect things mm-hmm. um, type deal. But there's definitely like four or five different times in the game where it really turns it on its head. And it's like, now you're in this, you're like, I mean, I'll just say one of them, but you're like, you're like, now you're in a pirate ship in the ocean and there's like waves and stuff. I'm like, oh, okay, this is interesting. It's like, this is, this is pretty cool. Um, and I, I think obviously it's so short, so it's kind of like, there is no fat. There, there, there's not much fat on it, except for the only thing that was a little bit of a bummer to me is like the main songs were really good, but then there was a lot of songs in between those where, it would like start to introduce the idea and then it would just end. Like the whole song was like 40 seconds long and it's like, all right, well that was just kind of a waste of time. <laughs> At least for me, it felt that way. Um, what did you play it makes that sense that they put it on Apple arcade? Cause it sounds like it's very kind of play when you can kind of small dose experience. Yeah. Yeah. It's structured into songs. Like when you beat a song, it will go to the, the select screen for the next song and you have to like hit a to go. It's, it doesn't just like go one into the other. So you can, it's very easy to just play a song or two and then peel out, you know, um, I played it on switch. I played it pretty much all in handheld. Could just, it was just a cool game to just pick up for a little bit. Um, yeah. I, I don't think it's like, I don't think it's a game that's just like absolutely revolutionary or anything like that, but it was a, it was a fun experience for an hour. And the, it's, it's probably a testament to how good the music was because I, like I said, I played it over five sittings somehow and I was um, <laughs> like halfway through the game and I was like, I really need to go finish that. So I have like permission to start listening to the album on Spotify. I didn't want to listen to the album on Spotify until I had beaten the game, but it's like, I really want to listen to that album in the car, so I need to beat that game. <laughs> yeah, I liked that game. I played it when it came out on Apple Arcade. I didn't like the touch controls on the iOS device, so I just I hooked up my DualShock to my iPad, but uh, yeah. I really liked, as you kind of mentioned, like the first few levels, you're just like, is this kind of is this going to be the whole game? But yeah, there were so many different like little surprises and ways that they changed it up on you that really made the hour fly by and I'd say it's a very worthwhile hour. I don't know how much it costs on Switch, but so yeah, I think I got it for like ten bucks or something. But it wasn't that bad. And then, I mean, it's something I'm definitely going to be interested in what that studio does next. Because yeah, for sure, that, I, I'm sure that didn't take you know a whole lot of budget. I'd be interested to see what they do. Because I mean, a lot of people were talking about this game, so I think it did pretty well. And, yep, and pretty much everything Anna Perna touches at this point is <laughs> at least a baseline of good. <laughs> Anna is so good, so except good. for Outer Wilds. I didn't like Outer Wilds. Oh, Outer Wilds is so good. <laughs> it's a puzzle. It's, it's on my short list. Outer Wilds is a game that I'm like... It, games like that is such a 50-50 toss-up of whether I'm going to completely fall in love with it or I'm going to be really frustrated by it. And It's yeah. so hard for me to tell until I'm in it, you know? Exploration totally puzzles. From. Woof. I was... A, like, early on, I was very close to quitting... And then I found this area where you it's like two planets, one is covered in sand, and the other one it has like all these caverns and it's got like deep valleys and stuff. And the sand transfers from one planet to the valley planet and starts to fill in the valleys. But if you can get there early, 
you can get like down deep in the valley. There's all these caverns and stuff you can navigate around, but the sand's filling up, and it just was really tense. And mm. oh man, I just I think about that game a lot still. It's it's really really excellent. But I totally get it. It's definitely a we're not telling you shit. You better figure this out because <laughs> it's, it's on you. <laughs> it's very much like hands off. Like no, yeah. nothing guides you. If it's one of those games where you can, if you know what you're doing, you can complete it in like. 30 minutes but if you but because you don't know what you're doing it takes you like 20 hours i'm out <laughs> yeah it's so it, it's one of the only speed runs i've seen where i'm like 18 minutes i could actually do that that's not that hard <laughs> oh, so gross to me yeah. <laughs> speed running ew. gross ew speed runs break the game get out Jarby, did you play anything else? Oh, yeah. Sorry. I forgot we're still on me. Yeah. The only other thing is I started Devil May Cry 5. Um, I, I'm still super early in it. I I played all the all of the other Devil May Cries as, as a kid, but it's been a long time. So like, I, I started this one up, and I was like 30 minutes into it, and I had to pause it. And it's like, all right, let me pull up the Devil May Cry recap because I don't know what the <laughs> hell is going on. <laughs> I don't know anything it's just there's a bunch of anime nonsense going on Hell um yeah. but i, I mean, started that too well Sorry, after i watched the recap i'm like oh this that is just devil may cry and like once you started playing it it's like yeah this is when you're playing it, it's it's a game that like i really i really really enjoy playing it. it's a blast to play but you it's almost you feel like you're going back and listening to, like, an old corn CD when you used to like, like corn. <laughs> corn. I haven't thought about corn in so long. Exactly. That's what Devil May Cry is. It's like, oh, yeah, I kind of like that, but I have not thought about that in, like, so long because the su- the story, you just love it on such a superficial level. It's like monkey brain because it's like, oh, <laughs> it's cool guitar fighting demons, blowing shit up, and, like, making corny jokes. It's such a superficial kind of, like, dumb thing but you kind of can't help but fall in love with it you know yep yep and like just, the the, yeah, the ridiculous parts where like you go to a cell a, a pay phone and you call your friend and then it's like cool i'm just gonna fucking drive this van out of the center of the earth and then completely destroy this building you're in so you can get an upgrade <laughs> it's like that it's so over the top i love it and even some of the lines where it's like one of the first bosses like has this like mouth in its stomach that has like this fire inside of it, it has these teeth in there or something and like one of them says something that's like oh he's gonna get you with his tummy teeth and i'm like <laughs> i should hate that line but i kind of don't i kind of love it <laughs> are you playing it on game pass i am uh, i'm actually playing on jeff's it. xbox uh i love that that came to game pass because i there are so many people i know now that are finally giving that game a chance i think it was like really i think a lot of people passed on it yeah. when it deserved a lot more attention well it's like i wanted to play more action games it's not the genre i have a lot of experience with in terms of like pure action games like a devil may cry and that's what exactly why i'm playing it. it's on game pass i'm like okay no no risk just gonna play it and I'm glad you said you were confused with the story at first, Darby, because I don't I've never played Devil May Cry before. I'm like, what the hell is going on? I should not have played the fifth game in a series first. But that's just kind of what Devil May Cry is. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, like I, I felt the same thing, but then like I watched the recap video and then I started playing it. And I was like, I don't even know if I needed to do that. It's just kind of yeah. like you get it. <laughs> These characters, like, they're corny and you kind of get their dynamics and then you just go. It's like I said, you almost feel slightly guilty for liking it in a way, in a dumb way. I mean, you shouldn't feel guilty for it, but it's just, it's so stupid, but I love it. And yeah. the, the actual, but the combat is like really fun. It's, it's very flashy action, but so far at least, uh, I'm su- super early in, but there's already 
they're, they've given you enough like combo things where they're like using the buttons in interesting ways. Like if you pull back on the left trigger and do something, you can send them up in the air. But if you push forward, then you do this. And it's very intuitive and easy to chain those things together. And it makes it look like you know what you're doing more than you do. <laughs> yeah, and, it uh, is easy to yeah. button mash. But then when you do actually go and like figure out what those combos are and practice chaining them together, you do feel really cool playing it. Mm. And they have the immediate feedback, too. One of the things that's always kept me away from action games when I did play when I was younger is that I felt like I was shit at them, and then I'd get the score at the end that said, like, C, and I'm like, well, yeah, I thought I was shit, but I never knew what I could do to really improve. So to kind of see that gauge filling up and <clears throat> see your rank going higher really, I think, for me, at least made a huge difference in that because I feel like it does look cool, and I know what I'm doing now because I got that immediate feedback. And just when you hear that narrator come in and say, badass, you're like, hell yeah, <laughs> hell yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. And the music is just, the music fits it so well. That's another thing. The, like, Devil Trigger is the, like, corniest, like, most dumb song in the world. But every time it plays, you're like, let's go. Oh, excuse me, you the <laughs> Guilty Gear song? Go. Uh, that, that's just bad. <laughs> no, it's great. <laughs> 10 out of 10. But it's a lot of fun. I'm, it's going down real smooth right now after Jedi Fallen Order being a, kind of a disappointment. A lot of games, honestly, this year being a uh. disappointment. It's kind of nice just to... I'm just going to sit back and just go on this ride. It's not It's not trying to do too much, but it's, it's just fun. It's a fun game. Yeah, for sure. Dope. Anything else? Uh, that's about it for me. I've been playing Shantae and uh, the Half-Genie Hero. It's an old game. It's really good and jolly, but not a whole lot to say about it. It's just a fun time. Good and jolly. Good jolly and jolly. Ranchers. Gross. Jolly ranchers. I don't really. Yep. <laughs> no, the jolly ranchers are just like you always want to chew them and then you regret chewing them. <laughs> uh, I played a few things this week. One, I finally, a hundred years later, I beat Overcooked for the first time. Overcooked one. Whoa. We never yeah. did that. We got. We were in space. Whatever. Like late in the game. Yeah. Yeah. Space. Yeah. And then like after space, there's like a there's an extra level that gets added to every single world. You gotta uh, go beat that. You gotta get another. And then the final level is like 16 minutes long, and you just have to complete every single order in the 16 minutes. It was uh, it was really fun. I played it with my friend Kurt, and uh, Holden, I'm sorry to say that he's actually really good at Overcooked as well, so I know that we had our thing in our relationship, but <laughs> I found someone new. <laughs> we can all three play together. We have three chefs in the kitchen. <laughs> you're right. You're right. <laughs> uh yeah so i plat- i'm not platinumed i beat overcooked um and we'll probably move on to overcooked too but then i also this was raid weekend we'd been planning this for a month this saturday we got together well first things first early in the morning we had our six people ready to go and joel fucking joel joel <laughs> campo joel, 63 Hey, Joel, get it together, Joel, okay? We had all planned we're going to take this whole day and we're going to do this Leviathan raid no matter how long it takes. And Joel says, hey, I have to be off by four. <laughs> we're like, what? You're telling us the day, the morning of, like three hours before we're about to start? And he's like, oh, yeah, sorry. In well, Joel's defense, Joel. <laughs> in Joel's defense, I don't... I was originally in that spot, then I couldn't make it because I got called in for a work thing. But I was able to kind of call like a week in advance. Did he know we were playing as an all-day thing? I don't think he did. Yeah. When I sent out the tweet, I just said, hey, anyone, we're playing. It's an all-day thing. And then like three days previous in that thing, someone's like, is it still on? I was like, yep. Day and night. <laughs> but it doesn't matter because we got in there. He was really awesome. He let us make fun of him for it, which was great. So we all just dogpiled on him and made fun of him. And I tried, um, Joel. I tried. <laughs> we... In the like first two and a half hours, which is really all he was able to stick around for, 
we beat all three challenges and got to the final boss and we were able to take a couple of attempts at the final boss. Um, and that was so fucking fun. It was nice because we had spent eight hours failing at this raid in November. So we already had a lot of experience with it. But we went in, we beat those three challenges, we got to the final boss, and then Joel's like, all right, guys, I'm out. I'm like, ah, there are five of us. What do we do? And we all basically just stayed on party chat and just like texted everyone in the world we knew. I even tweeted uh, Fran Mirabella and Greg Miller. And like, all of them was like, hey, you guys want to hop in and fill that last slot? Uh, Fran did get back later that night and said, sorry, he couldn't do it. But but then we'd beat it. Because um, Jerrica, who's also in the in the thing, she's a host on What's Good, not What's Good Games, Glitch Girls Gaming. Well, she's part of the What's Good Games. She's part of the What's Good Guardians. And someone on there came and helped us out and kind of like, low-key made fun of us while he was doing it he's like all right all right here we go what's your plan what's your plan going in here like oh this is how we're doing it cool does anyone have this weapon no he's like oh uh does anyone have this skill Uh, no all right right, at least one of you got like this thing though right we're like uh, none of us know what that is he's like oh my god when did you guys start playing this game (laughs) (laughs) but we got through it we beat the final boss it was so fucking great and in that, we had a ton of fun, and we've decided that, like, we want to do it again. So on January 4th, it looks like we're going to play it again. We're going to try to do the Prestige Raid version of it. If we did the regular raid, I think we could honestly do it in, like, maybe an hour, hour and a half now. That's awesome. But it was great. Excellent communication skills you need for that. And we had it. It was wonderful. That's um, a, we should do something where, like, you guys show us the ropes in Destiny, and I'll show you the ropes for all I can do in Overwatch. Because, like, I, I, I've always been interested <laughs> in Destiny, but, like, kind of what you just said is part of why I don't do it. Because everyone else is like, oh, I'm just going to be so far below everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> right. That teacher thing is, I'm going to be so far below even you that you should just join us because I'm embarrassing. <laughs> so you go to the tower and you're supposed to collect bounties. I literally just parkour and run around because like, I don't care about I mean, that. I'm just going to run around. Act, oh, yeah. We tell Holden what to do and he's like, yeah, I don't feel like investing any mental energy into that. I'm just going to parkour on this tree. <laughs> it's more fun. It's so much more fun. <laughs> um, so that was fun. And then the, the ringer from the What's Good Guardians took Matt and I on this quest and I realized... There's so much to this game that I had no idea existed. And now I understand why people are like deep in this game. Like there's, he's like, oh, I can't believe you guys had never heard of this gun and this quest. And you, nobody's ever told you about it. I was like, no, we've never heard of it. You go to a, to a planet, you start a public event, but you don't do the public event. You run off into a tiny cave under a rock somewhere and there's a secret boss that spawns. You kill the boss and then a portal opens up somewhere else and one of the three of you has permission to go into it. And then you go into this big room and there's a bunch of enemies, but you don't fight the enemies. You actually just kind of jump up into this <laughs> tiny little hole way in the wall that you have to kind of like glitch you a little bit parkour. to get to. This you do parkour. This is what I've been, been, been practicing for. Yeah, this is what I've been practicing for. And that enters you into a secret 20-minute mission. You have 20 minutes to do it where it's all just a bunch of like jumping and parkour puzzles of like trying to get through this obstacle course. Then you get to the end and fight these bosses, and then you get this badass sniper rifle. And I was like, there's nothing in the game that tells you all of that exists. <laughs> Literally nothing. I can't imagine the very first person who's like, I'm going to start this event and then run away, and I found a boss instead. And then they get to this room, and they're like, I'm not going to fight these enemies. I'm going to try to glitch up to this little hole over here in the wall. Like, The amount of time people need to spend to discover this stuff blows my mind. I adore stuff like that in games, though. It's so cool. I, so I cool. love that so much. 
So I'm now like invested in going through and actually like completing all of these exotic quests and like trying to find all of the little things around Destiny that aren't just like running strikes, strikes and gambit and raids like we've been doing for months. Um, but it's fun as shit, fun as shit. And then I played Google Stadia. Our uh, friend of the podcast, Matt from Rhode Island, gave me his buddy pass for Google Stadia. So I don't have the Stadia controller, but I've been playing it on my Mac in a Chrome browser. And I have some opinions and some experiences. Um, I want to caveat by saying I played with the DualShock 4 on my Mac in a Chrome browser. I tested it in both Ethernet and Wi-Fi with a plugged-in controller and a Bluetooth controller. Um, and I did it with two different games. So I started with Rise of the Tomb Raider. And so you, you have to play in a Chrome browser on a, on a desktop or on a computer. And it immediately is already capped at 1080p. So you can't, even though you're a pro member, you can't get 4K resolution on a PC right now. Um, but love that false advertising. Love yeah, it. Great. Love it. But you do have the high frame rate available to you, so 60 frames per second. So I started with Tomb Raider, and playing it, I was actually really surprised at how well it was able to play a game from 2013. Hmm. And it ran really smooth. I did hate that I didn't have the option <clears throat> to turn the high frame rate off. Like, you could see it grayed out in the menu. Because sometimes, like, for that kind of game, and those for, for Uncharted, that kind of stuff, it's like, I actually kind of prefer this at 24 or 30 frames a second because it's more cinematic, and that's kind of the feel they were going for. Yeah. But I had to play it with 60 anyway. But anyway, uh, playing it on Ethernet and with a wired controller, I was like, holy shit, this works. There's a little bit of lag that's more noticeable than like the small amount of lag you normally get on a console. And there was one, only one quick time event, a QTE that like, I was like, I'm, I'm pretty sure I pressed that button two times. I failed it. It's like, I'm pretty sure I pressed that button at the right time. And it just didn't register. But outside of that, it played really well. Uh, no visual stutters or anything like that, really. And then I unplugged it and played on Wi-Fi, And I'm five feet from my router, nothing obstructing. It's just direct line of sight to it. And I didn't really have any kind of visual artifacting at all, but I yeah. did have a uh, noticeable stutter. Like, no, dropped no. down to maybe 10 to 15 frames per second every two or three minutes. Mm. And it wasn't, it wasn't for a long time. It was honestly only for, like, three to five seconds. But it always happened to be, like, in a time where, like, I'm aiming at an enemy's head, and then, like, frame rate skips, and, like, that totally fucked up that shot. Or I was running and trying to jump, and... I missed the jump because of the frame rate stutter. But that was on yeah. Wi-Fi. Yeah, I mean, the biggest the biggest thing is that that kind of stuff can't get worse when you play, like, you know, fighting games and other things. Right, exactly. They're more like that. But it's interesting. I, I've, I definitely I haven't talked to anyone who's played it before. I didn't even know you had been playing it. That's really cool. But my biggest thing with Stadia is, like, Honestly, the way the tech is running, like it sounds like it definitely has some problems, but honestly, it's running about as well as I would have thought from it launching right now. My biggest problem with Stadia is I feel like by the time it gets to the point where they have all the things that they were advertising and anyone can get it, because there's no way I think I don't any know of if us you guys can hear me, but I lost you. Yeah, uh, I did too. You're right. gone. You're dead. You still can't hear us? Oh, there you go. Yeah, you said my biggest thing about Stadia. It- uh, okay. okay. Um, well, yeah, my, my biggest thing about Stadia is just that I think by the time they get all this stuff that they've been um, promising together and the public can play it, I think xCloud's going to be there and be better because it's going to have 
the whole mm-hmm. Game Pass library, and like me and Jeff have been saying from day one, all of Stadia's problems would pretty much be solved if they just had a download option. Because yeah. it would be a no-brainer. I would buy all my PC games on Stadia because I would have the option to play on streaming on my phone. But then I would also, if I'm in my house, I can just download it, you know? Can I tell you, though, booting up Destiny 2 in Stadia was revelatory. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Super my fast. God. Like, one thing, 60 frames per second in Destiny 2 is so good. It's still only 1080p, and I'm... Uh, I guess I should tell you a little bit about my network or my environment. So I'm playing on a 16-inch MacBook Pro. I have like 250 megabits per second Wi-Fi and Ethernet. So like more than enough to power it all. Um, and so the 60 frames per second like was life-changing going into it. was like, oh my God, I feel so smooth and I feel so slick running around this world. And the menus are so slick and you can navigate them really well. But the loading times in particular, because the servers and the game are both running in the cloud rather than your computer having to talk to it. It was literally when we were raiding, I was like, hey, let's go back to the tower. And on our way to the tower, I literally said, I'm going to go change my laundry over in the laundry machine. And walk over, move everything over, pour the detergent, put your shit in, come back. And like it had just loaded by the time I got back. And in this one, I click, I want to go to this planet and I want to go here. And it's like, boop, you're there in like 10 seconds. Yeah, And for Destiny, I can't imagine how much time we spend in menus. Like, menus on, on Stadia 2 are just, they're a snap, a breeze. Like, you're like, I want to go to the map part. And you're like, bloop, trigger it, and it's there. Whereas on PS4, you're like, I'm going to press the button. It's going to load a while to get to the map screen. And then the map itself is going to load. I'm going to hit the options to see my character screen. And then all the stuff's going to take about 10 seconds to load. And like, I don't know how much time <clears throat> in my life I waste loading in Destiny 2. But it's so, so quick on Stadia. So that's definitely one of the benefits of having that, the server-based stuff rather than the download. And it was kind of cool to be able to say, oh, yeah, I want this game, and I'm just going to click the play button, and it runs. And I don't have to download a patch and download the game, and it's just going. I played Destiny as well when I was on Stadia, (laughs) and that was the first thing I noticed. It is night and day difference. In the menus, I did sense a little bit of lag because like when you're on the map menu it has a very particular feeling with the resistance when you're moving around mm-hmm. and it felt a little bit off but it never distracted me too much and then because i'm so terrible as destiny as we've covered i didn't really feel like it was impacting my performance that much i was also playing on a on an ethernet connection as well though and i was using the stadia controller which kind of reduces the lag even more right I was pretty impressed by the experience. I was too. I, but, as long as I was wired in Ethernet with a plugged-in yeah. controller, I'd say this mm-hmm. is a perfectly fine way for me to play Destiny on the go. And I, I told Matt when he's like, when he said, hey, do you want this buddy pass? I was like, yeah, it's basically going to turn into my remote Destiny machine. But yes. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, I, but I don't think this would ever replace my primary way yeah. of playing this. No, no. And, and my caveat is, is what Darby had said, which is that, you know, Xcloud's going to do it better. And I'm already thinking about how having a console with the streaming, that combination is like the way to go. Where mm-hmm. I can, like, when the Series X comes out and, like, you have these massive, massive file sizes for games, I can imagine, because we'll talk about Hellblade too, which looks fucking gorgeous. Like, that game's going to be massive in file size compared to what Hellblade was. And you have to wait even longer. But this, you just stream the game while it downloads. You just jump into it. And, like, that's the kind of stuff I'm actually more excited for the streaming. And Google doesn't really, that's not what Google's really 
like doing because like you said they don't have the download option and i think that's what's going to kill right. it for me microsoft's gonna I, i'm really excited about microsoft now and it's just, i feel bad for google that i played a google product and went man i can't wait for another company <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but that's the problem because that's what everyone says, that Google Stadia is a great secondary option, but they're not pre- they're, that's not what they want. That's not what they're, right. do- that's not what they're mm-hmm. targeting for this because in order for that to be your secondary option, you have to go buy Destiny 2 twice. And just oh, that realistically, people... Yeah. Oh, no, you're dead. You're decapitated. They're, not dead. they're still there. Your heads we're are on the floor. Internet issues. Oh, you're back. Okay. Sorry, I guess we're having some issues. I no love that, worries. like, you lead into a question, and then right where we're like, all right. And then <laughs> yeah, right? Like, oh, the anticipation. What was I even saying? I can't even remember at this point, Jeff. What was I saying? <laughs> I, I basically, like, they, Google Studio works best as a secondary experience, but, like, in order to have that secondary experience, you'd have to, like, buy Destiny 2 twice. And realistically, right. that's not going to keep your platform af- afloat, expecting people to buy things twice <laughs> you know that's just like we're we're it not gonna for take switch that kind of <laughs> yeah it did kind of work for switch <laughs> kind of, but still yeah yeah i, I if, agree i'm just making a joke yeah, yeah and right, if it's yeah. if it's something that they're also pitching as like a play anywhere kind of thing and the wi-fi experience or the 5g or the 4g experience is not a a good way to play it then why even have it at all like if the only acceptable way to play it is with an ethernet connection with a plugged-in controller, then why even go go into that but entire did, venture? Didn't you see the ad? In the ad, the guy like the big like giant god dude like puts his little hand in there, a big hand there, like flicks the console off. You don't have the console anymore, Chad. You can just oh, like get right. rid of that box. That space entertainment center center is valuable. It's you're valuable, right. valuable real estate. I forgot um, about so that. Overall, I completely threw those ads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Overall, I was impressed with how well it worked in the literally optimum. Like the the most optimal environment you could possibly have. I was surprised how well it worked, despite mm-hmm. even like some of the technical hiccups. One thing I did find weird about running in a Chrome browser is that where there were inconsistencies, where like some of the things I could control and respond to with the controller, some of them I had to actually use my mouse in order to like. If something popped mm-hmm. up and said Google City would like access to your microphone, like for Destiny Chat, I couldn't navigate to that with my controller, but then my mouse wouldn't work. It would go behind that window. And so, like, I would have to quit the game using the escape button in order to click on that. So, like, there were some times when I would have to use the mouse mm-hmm. to respond to something versus the controller and vice versa. Yeah. That was but weird. I'll have that just playing PC games sometimes, too. Just like flipping back into a, into the browser. It's, they can get weird. PC so. gaming sucks. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> but, yeah, I was surprised at how well it works. But I think you're right. I'm more excited for xCloud than Google Stadia. And also, like, looking at that store and seeing that, like, yeah, Rage Two costs you sixty dollars still on <laughs> on Google Stadia, and if you wanted Rage Two for sixty dollars, I guarantee you already had it for sixty dollars somewhere else. I'm also just nervous that Google is not going to be committed to fix the problems because I think Stadia, with some tweaks and some changes, could be competitive and could be great. But I'm just worried that this is going to be seen by Google executives as a uh, oh, we're just we're throwing money away, kill this. I mean, yeah. if they are committed, uh, I think if you see them add a download option, that's kind of a sign that it's like, okay, we're competing. But when xCloud comes out, just Xbox Game Pass is just an undeniable, like, you have it's to insane. get Xbox Game Pass. It's too good of yeah. a deal. You have to get it. And then if they already have that foundation, it's like, oh, those Xbox Game Pass games you're, you love playing, 
xCloud. And I play all of them. I mean, that's just, you can't compete with that. That's just impossible. Yep. It also would turn Stadia into what we thought it was going to be this whole time. So right. we saw Stadia, we're like, oh, it's going to be like Netflix? No, it's not, but our no. competitors are going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So that's it for what I played this week. Let's move on to our quest log, starting with our fetch quest, our singular lone fetch quest, uh, the <laughs> Oculus Quest. So many words that start with quest. Uh, <laughs> quest singular, quest plural. They both start with quests. Uh, Oculus Quest is getting hand tracking early and is now due this week. And in fact, I think it is officially out by now since this article yeah. was written. Um, yeah, so that cool hand tracking feature in VR. It's available now for developers to use. I doubt anything takes advantage of it yet, but yeah, I'd be shocked. It's like the Knuckles yeah. controller. Very cool stuff. We'll see what happens with developers. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Moving on to Microsoft Questlog. Talking about xCloud and Microsoft's plans, we got the Xbox Series X reveal at Game Awards, and we've got some exclusive details. It says, say hello to Microsoft's next-gen console from Peter Brown at GameSpot. I'm going to read through some stuff, and then let's just talk console impressions. Thank you. Officially announced, uh, the Series X will be cooled by a large single fan. First of all, the design of it. It's a big, like, it's a big prism that stands tall like a Linksys Velop mesh router. <laughs> looks exactly it looks like the a, same. It looks like a PC. Um, so radically new design. It is cooled by a large single fan on top of the console, and it pushes that high volume of air out and keeps it as quiet as the Xbox One X. Um, in regards to the name, Spencer says the name Series X gives us freedom to do other things with that name so that we can create descriptors when we need to. Possibly mentioning like other versions of the Xbox can be called other things or different lines. Yeah. Um, there's a new controller. It has a hybrid D-pad that um, you can kind of change up a little bit. There's a share button that is dedicated right in the middle of the controller now as well. It has a slightly smaller controller that's a little bit different contour to make it more um, uh, ergonomic for more people. It is backwards and forwards compatible with games and accessories. So if you have an Xbox One controller, you can use it on the One X. And if you have an X, sorry, Series X, I'm going to do that a lot. If you have a Series <laughs> X controller, the new one, you can use it on your older consoles too, which is super cool. Um, Phil Spencer also talked, oh, sorry, Microsoft, I don't remember if this is Phil Spencer in particular, also talked about dynamic latency input. They've been working hard to to work on the latency between Microsoft or the controller and the Xbox. And they actually use their own proprietary um, radio signal rather than Bluetooth uh, to make that happen. So something that makes the more immersive experience. And then hold and notice on the photo that there are textured triggers, it looks like, maybe on there as well. Um, and then one other feature of the Xbox Series X that they mentioned, uh, on regular machines nowadays, you can suspend the game and pick it up where you last part started. And then going forward on the Series X, you'll be able to do that with multiple games. So you can save your progress wherever you want at a, at a glance. That's really exciting. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a pretty cool little feature. Yeah. So tell me, what amount of erection did you have when they announced this at the Game Awards? <laughs> Go. <laughs> uh, Jeff, what, what amount of erection? Uh, it wasn't a very uh, big one. Uh, mainly because I know I'm not getting this. Probably just because of the mo- you know money standpoint, I'm probably going to go PS4 because of the games. But And I can just use Game Pass on PC. But... This all sounds really cool. The, I think the design is interesting. It's definitely different than what we've had so far. I'm curious to see how it works for people who might want it to have it um, sideways, pretty much, if that's an 
option. Yeah, my immediate thought was like our current entertainment centers that everyone has. This doesn't really fit. Yeah, <laughs> it it can be uh, horizontal or vertical. Oh okay. yeah, yeah. They've I think I think they confirmed and the interview actually. I forgot to add it in there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I, I'm kind of in a similar place with Jeff. I mean, chances are next gen just from a money standpoint. And I mean, Microsoft kind of did this to themselves, but I think they're okay with this. I mean, because Xbox Game Pass, like pretty much every first party Xbox game is coming to PC anyway. I'm going to just get a PlayStation because they have the exclusives I really care about, and then I'm just going to play the Microsoft games on my PC. I mean, I I imagine that's what a lot of people are going to do now that they're offering this and. I think Microsoft's kind of just moving past the we have to be top console sales and more just if you just play our games wherever you want to play your, our games. We're going to have this console, but if you just want to buy all all the Halos and everything on your PC, we're okay with that too. Yeah, I was actually super super impressed with the console itself. It's like that looks it's so simple. Mm-hmm. And it's just that stark box with the mesh on top and even the green light that comes out of it. I hope you can turn that green light off, actually, because I don't want that shining in my room in the dark. Um, playing spooky games and there's just one green light over there shining out of your car. Get out of here. It'll clash um, with the pink light you have. In your that's room. right, yeah. yeah the pink yeah. light. And, <laughs> and, uh, so I, I was not... I mean, I was really surprised by that and how, how much I was just like physically attracted to this console. <laughs> Um, the controller, exciting, great. I love that the controllers that I, for some reason, invested in this generation will still work on it as well. Um, I, what I'm do you guys think about I have a gaming podcast, what do you guys but, think about the Xbox Series X just as a name and then like going forward? Are we are we assuming that Scarlet and we're assuming this is the beefier one, and then Scarlet is. We haven't seen, or, you know, I'm assuming Scarlet, yeah, it's supposed to be the beefy one. And what's the other? Oh, one? Okay, I can't oh, remember. Anaconda one's... and Lockhart. Yeah, yeah, Lockhart. yeah. This Anaconda. This is the big beefy one. Lockhart is like the apparently still in development. So do you think they're both going to be Xbox Series something like this one's X, and then that's just going to yeah. be something else? I, I think... Oh, go ahead. I think that's where the success of the name is. Is that mm-hmm. it's like I think at first it sounds really weird. Mm-hmm. to have a console named xbox series x it is a strange console name but i think it's that going to whole the whole uh things feel special was going on about years ago and still on now about non-generational this isn't a generation upgrade this is just like xboxes from here on out and i think that's where series x makes sense because it's like they're it's like having different lines of bmw there's the i there's the series three the series five it just makes it more of i just buy xbox and i think people are even going to call this the series x i think they're just going to call it xbox oh which one did you get i got the series x and i do think it'd be like a series s would be the the smaller one is what i assume they'd go with considering they stuck with x i like the name for that reason but it is a strange name for sure i mean it's different than what we're used to this is like the biggest step towards phone type things that i think i've seen because that just sounds like and especially five years from now when you're gonna have probably multiple iterations of the series that it's gonna like fall more and more into place like that which i mean is kind of cool but also there definitely still is the the standpoint of do we get to a point where they have multiple iterations of this but developers still feel like they have to support the old consoles just as much as they're supporting the new ones and does Mm -hmm. like creating that many skews of a game either like put a whole lot more stress on the developers or it just kind of means that you aren't really seeing the full power of your like future yeah. 
console. I, you know. I think if they have two, it would be fine. But I agree. If they had, like, five different Xboxes out there, that just it sounds like a huge, unnecessary pain in the ass. Like, you're just kind of a PC at that point. I was about to say, at that um, point, just, play, just get a beefy PC, and you can do other things with it, and it just, yeah. you know, you know. Yeah, I'm. I I do think they're going to stick with the Series X and then Series S. I think I I 100 think Lockhart's going to come out and just be called the Series S, just because we have that established relationship between the two, this generation, and we want to make sure that makes sense going into next generation as well. I also honestly think that they're probably going to release both of them at the same time. Like I think it's going to launch with both of these two, Series X and Series S, just because. They've mentioned they mentioned a few weeks ago they're like we don't want to be last generation we were beat on power and price right out the gate and we're not going to make that mistake again and this is obviously the powerful one but then if they also launch one that's super cheap they can do many of the same things I think that's their their way of winning both mm-hmm. yeah I can definitely see it uh, why you know it can release at the same time even though we just got the announcement for one. Because the Game Awards, especially with the time they got, it's not a place to go ahead and explain <laughs> the difference between X and S and all that right. kind of stuff. That's more of a Eatly slash whenever they do an official thing, like around February, mm-hmm. March, or whenever that is. Yep. They can really take their time and flesh it out. Yeah. yeah. I think they just wanted, Microsoft just wanted to get it out there before or the PS5 official reveal of all that stuff and mm-hmm. be like, hey, look at this. Get hyped. Oh, and here's also... <laughs> A game from our first party that's going to be Series X only. And showing the box off this early, too, is totally antithetical to how they did the Xbox One. Xbox One, they didn't release information for a while, and we saw that console in, like, May or so. Like They really held it in for a while, and now they're just starting the year off, and we already know exactly what it looks like. It's kind of always the big question with consoles is, okay, so you're this is your console, but what, what does it look like? What's the box like? And that's, like, the first thing they showed off, which yeah. is interesting to me. I mean, I think it is in kind of important too just that we have seen in some way shape or form two different looks at future xbox consoles when we haven't seen anything from a playstation yet i mean that's coming in february but at least this year console wise xbox was kind of able to own that as far as Mm -hmm. what people are seeing and big flashy things and like I don't know, you could make arguments for it being smart or a not smart move, but they're kind of like staggering the uh, information because like the two consoles, one powerful than the other, it can be. You can see how that could be kind of confusing, especially the people who don't really follow this stuff. But mm-hmm. instead of just coming out there immediately and saying, "Here is this and this skew and this skew and this skew," they're like, "Here's this. We're going to give you some time to talk about this. Now here's yeah. this one." We're going to give you some time. And then, I don't know. I kind of feel like we've gotten to a point where I think people are smart enough to, like, figure this out when it comes out. You know, like, yeah. phones have – phones, they'll release the iPhone 10 and then the 10 Plus, the same, you know, all this other stuff. And people get that. I think people can get this. And especially because the consoles are not going to be the only place you can play these games. You can play these games on your PC and everywhere else. I think it's just mm-hmm. – it's going to become just a complete ecosystem and we, we look at it too much like a console generation when I think yeah. this is definitely yeah. the biggest kind of opening of that. 
I remember when mm. the Xbox One X and the S were both announced, and everyone was like, that's a terrible name. People are going to get those confused. They're not going to understand which one does what. X and S both sound similar, so people are going to ask for one and get the wrong one. And I was like, no, it fucking just worked, and people did it, and it was fine. Someone's going to want the Xbox Sex, and then you just don't. <laughs> <laughs> what did you guys think of the Hellblade trailer that went along with it because i kind of think oh, these announcements drool, are synonymous with each other drool 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 in a good way it was so good <laughs> yeah i think First it was all, great hellblade itself is is amazing but secondly just the way that this looked and it had of course at the bottom that we all, we all know how darby feels about it how J, how jeff feels about it it says fake when we talk about um <laughs> in game footage but it was like it said rendered an engine or something like that on it. but yeah it looks fucking phenomenal and i can't wait to fucking play this game yeah, I think the trailer is great just from a standpoint of, hey, the console just announced this game and they said it's far off. It's an early development, but we're going to show you what it could potentially look at and the power of this console. You can immediately tell the difference between the power of the, of the Series X and what we've had so far, even if it is just an in-engine trailer. Yeah, I'll say like that. Sorry, no, you go, go ahead. ahead. You, go ahead you know, you had Darby. You're fine. Go ahead. I was just going to say, as a Hellblade fan, I don't think this trailer did a whole lot for me it was just it was a little bit of a weird tone for a hellblade mm-hmm. thing and it was like it it honestly didn't get me any more excited about hellblade 2 i mean it it didn't hurt that much but it was like i, I saw everyone saying like i'm gonna be thinking about this trailer forever i won't be doing that because of the content in it i thought the content in it was a tad weird but the actual but honestly i feel like <laughs> This just happened to be Hellblade. This could have been Halo. This could have been could anything. Could have been deep down. Yeah. This was literally just Microsoft <laughs> going out. This was Microsoft going out there, ripping off their shirt and flexing their muscles. That's what this was. Yeah. Just a banjo. 100%. Banjo, but- deep, gritty, realistic banjo. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I do see- we have the drinking problem? We all know it's coming. I want to see the hair follicles. <laughs> Each individual one. <laughs> But yeah, it was super yeah, impressive. I think like, that right. shot yeah, of the for, ocean was incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, the visuals is what sells it. I mean, it's the f- we. I think we say this all the time: is that like it really looks like a movie now? But like, it really looks like a movie now. It's it's really really impressive. And I and I definitely hear you guys on the whole like it's fake thing. It's not going to look that good when it releases. But if that's it's in, it's going to be in that ballpark, and that ballpark right. is a really exciting place. I mean, just yeah. I've never seen each other before, but her gums, holy shit, like her gums and teeth. Like teeth are so something they say, never do like, well in games. Yeah. And then to yeah. see this. I if you think about like Hellblade itself when it launched on PS4, it was one of those games, it's like, holy shit, this is stunning. Like visually arresting, mm-hmm. stunning. And if they were able to accomplish that on PS4, and now they have like what, f- three, four times the processing power and graphics and ray tracing, all that kind of shit, I a hundred percent believe we're going to get very close to what we just saw. Well, Chad, you also forgot the budget they have now. They got exactly. that Microsoft money. Yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I mean, the first Hellblade with the binaural audio that would like go around if you yeah. wore like big headphones. I have never experienced something like that in a video game before, and it's telling that like this trailer started. We didn't know what it was at first. The Ninja Theory came up, and then like I started hearing the whispers, and I'm like, "Here we go, man!" <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah. Be so excited. I'm excited to see what they can do with the budget. Let's hold off what before thing? we talk too much about like <laughs> other things that were shown off at, at the conference outside of yeah. Series X. I did one more thing to say really quickly. Okay. 
Um, I'm surprised the game looks this good, considering Phil Spencer was in an interview not that long ago saying that it's going to be frame rate and 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 uh, like immersion, like how quickly your controller responds to that kind of stuff. That's really going to separate this generation. And he kind of undersold the graphics. And I think that I'm not saying it was a mistake, but like I just, I just that this was just a huge upgrade for me. It was very impressive. That's yeah. all. Uh, let's move on to a couple of things that actually happened before the Game Awards. We had several big announcement opportunities before the Game Awards. The first being Sony. They had a state of play just a few days previous. Uh, and I'm going to run you through a list of things that were shown off at the latest state of play. One was Untitled Goose Game. Jumping off a Switch, coming to PS4 yeah. and other consoles. December burr, burr, burr. 17th. It's um, such a good game. Such a good game. I love it is it. A, a very quality game that I can I definitely recommend to people, but it is not a me game. <laughs> Spellbreak. I, I, I agree. Dreams officially coming on Valentine's Day, and they actually had a really cool trailer. I think that was mm-hmm. the most effective Dreams trailer I think we've ever seen. Yep, um, I agree. Superliminal is a perspective-shifting puzzle game that is coming to PS4 in April 2020. Paper Beast is available in P- PSVR in the first quarter of 2020. Kingdom Hearts 3 Remind, the first DLC for that game, coming January 23rd, 2020. Predator Hunting Grounds, that's the Friday the 13th um, spiritual successor from that same studio, coming April 24th, 2020. Babylon's Fall, coming from Square Enix and Platinum Games. More information to be announced next summer on that game. And then Resident Evil 3, coming on April April 3rd, 2020. And that remake will include the game they announced previously called Resident Evil Resistance. And an interesting little tidbit here that Holden found and added to us. Um, Brianna Reeves at PlayStation Lifestyle says Resident Evil 3 Remake was reportedly supposed to launch with RE2. But they were actually being developed at the same time, but they didn't quite uh, make it with RE3. So that's why they're coming so close on the tails of RE2. It's ready to go. And that's why they're mm-hmm. bundling in Resident Evil Resistance as like a pack-in. That kind of feels what like the you- only explanation for how soon we're getting this. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, also, bundling in Resident Evil Resistance with it. Like, I probably wasn't going to get Resident Evil Resistance oh, anyway. And now I'm like, holy shit. Like, this is a game that's a sequel to a Game of the Year caliber game. And it has this additional, like, huge, massive mode to it that I'm actually excited to play now that I'm just going to get it anyway. So I'm yeah. now way now more, that I'm just way more excited. It, it's going to be a game night game for sure. Patreon.com yes. slash Responding Fire. Which, I mean, is freaking genius. I mean, that's... That's great. I mean, me and Jeff talked about this on our podcast. I mean, first off, that RE3 reveal, had that not leaked, that would have been a 10 out of 10, the best possible way to reveal that game. <laughs> yeah, and yep. it just kind of showed a level of self-awareness that I don't see enough with video game marketing. Like, they recognize that resistance is the thing that people aren't that hyped for. So they, they did the fake out, and it's like, oh, shit, it's actually RE3. And just most video game companies would not be – they would not be – they wouldn't want to say, like, oh, we don't want to, like, like down-talk our own game. We can't do that. Like, Capcom's like, no, we know what people want. But then this is the best thing that ever could have happened to Resistance. Yep. Because now everyone's going to play this now. Yep. Get that player base. It's like That's uh, right. It's like Phantom Pain. Like, Phantom Pain was announced as not a Metal Gear Solid game. Then all of a sudden, it was Metal Gear Solid 5. It, like, added to the hype of it when it got announced that. Like, like It was that. within, like, 30 minutes. Somebody was like, hey, you know the words Metal Gear Solid 5 <laughs> fit perfectly into this title? <laughs> but they still oh, didn't shit. say anything officially for a while after that, yeah. I think. But yeah, someone immediately figured it out. Yeah. Um, I'm just really excited for Resident Evil 3. I'm replaying parts of Resident Evil 2 just to kind of, you know, remember it again for Game of the Year. Um, but Superliminal 
looks really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm. They didn't show a lot in the trailer, but I can see there being some really unique puzzles around this mechanic. It kind of gave me this. It reminded me a little bit of the witness in terms of like some of the puzzles you really have to understand the 3D environment that you're in and how that environment works. It kind of gave me some vibes of that. I'm really excited for that game. Yeah. So this is the one that they had different scale and perspective puzzles. So like if yeah, you get yeah, really yeah. close to a can of Coke and then you raise it up and it looks tiny to everything else and then you drop it, it's like suddenly that can of Coke is enormous now. And <laughs> so unique. It's just such a unique concept for a puzzle <laughs> yeah. game. There's a really cool moment too where like they had this checkerboard pattern on a few different parts of a room and if you got in the right position it formed a cube and the cube fell to the ground as soon as you looked at it from the right perspective when it kind of made its shape. Very cool stuff. Yeah. Anything else you guys want to talk about from the state of play? Uh, well, I'm extremely hyped for the Kingdom Hearts 3 DLC. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, as a Kingdom Hearts fan, um, what seems to be in that trailer is everything that people might have felt was missing from the first game or stuff they wanted added on to it. Not necessarily like this was cut content or whatever, anything devious like that, but it is kind of them listening to what people wanted as far as the boss fights and potentially filling out some of the story and all that and extra story stuff. And I'm really excited for that. And I'm, I was planning on replaying it with the new difficulty because one of my main complaints of the base game is it is too easy. So I wanted to replay it. But when this comes out, yeah, that's why I'm going to replay it and get all that sweet, sweet DLC stuff. Nice. That sweet DLC. Uh, Sony also announced something else that was pretty significant this week. Uh, Sony San Diego creates a game called MLB The Show every single year. And it is the baseball game in town. And for the longest time, it has been exclusive to PlayStation consoles. And for the first time ever, in as early as 2021, this game will be coming to other consoles outside of the PlayStation ecosystem, which is pretty huge because there have been attempts at other like MLB games that have just completely tanked. Uh, So this is pretty crazy that a first-party PlayStation-developed and branded game will be coming to Switch and Xbox One, or sorry, Series, whatever the fuck it is. Crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. It, it might not be coming to that. It might be coming to the Atari VCS only. Who knows? Shut up. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> but this whole thing screams to me that um, the new the deal was trying to get renewed between Sony and MLB. And MLB was like, hey, you got to put this on other stuff. We want to make that money. <laughs> Look at, right. We see what like Madden's doing and all of that, and we want some of that. Right. They specifically <laughs> called out like the licensing agreements. Like, it's being yeah. renewed and all this stuff. And due to that... So yeah, I 100% think it's MLB said, "Hey, we want we want to sell more copies." And like our relationships have been great, but like there's other stuff out there. Like, cool. As long as you keep paying us the money, then we'll let other people play it. Yeah, but also at the same time, it seems like Sony stuff in general is like they're going to different things, more so PC than anything else, but it seems Sony's being more agreeable to that, which is interesting. Yeah. I think they also just stand to make a lot of money off of this. I mean, I don't play a lot of yeah. sports games, but this is the only good baseball game that is like seriously considered. There's not really like many other baseball an games. amazing baseball game. Like this is yeah. the game. Yeah, it's as far as I know, it's the only one that's definitely this high budget. The other one, there's just kind of little smaller ones that are, you know, if you want newer mm-hmm. stuff. Also, yeah. I think this is kind of another example of just the last like two or three years. 
a lot's been changing with Xbox and PlayStation. PlayStation is kind of always the last one. I mean, Xbox is kind <laughs> of, I mean, because they just, they didn't have, I mean, if it wasn't for Xbox and Nintendo doing crossplay, it just would never would have happened with PlayStation. Right. It never, ever mm-hmm. would have happened. And now Xbox is putting their games on PC and even Switch with Cuphead and Ori. It's just the, the importance of exclusives is kind of, it's either dying or it's just being forced to die because I'm sure MLB is, I mean, this was probably a similar thing where it's like, we see Xbox is doing all this or whatever. Like we, we want, we want a new deal. And I think this is another example of just kind of the market forcing Sony to come out and, you know, play ball. Play ball. <laughs> play ball. <laughs> but that's massive. That game series, like, obviously, I don't think any of the four of us play it, probably, but it's a big deal. It's a very big I'm Sony. a hardcore fan. I played it. I, I actually did play it on Vita when it came to Vita that one year. And then there was one iteration on PS3 where they had move controller integration. Nice. So you were, like, actually pitching and batting. I was like, how bad was that? This is nice. Uh, it was actually really good. Really? I was like, that was the sole reason I got the game. I was like, oh, shit, this is so fun. <laughs> but outside of that, I haven't played it. Do they still do that? I don't. I don't even know. That'd be cool. I don't know. Thing move know. is just VR only at this point. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, speaking of other of PlayStation games coming to other things, there is a PlayStation exclusive Final Fantasy VII remake on something other than PS4. Just wait until 2021, <gasps> says CJ Andreessen from Destructoid. Um, yes, box art for PS4s. Final Fantasy VII remake just leaked or launched or something. It was out in the wild, and on it, it clearly says, play it first on PlayStation, coming March something 2021 to other consoles. So uh, if you want to wait a year, you can play it on That's, your Xbox. Obviously, the, that just kind of pointless exclusivity window is always kind of a bummer. I mean, I'm going to be playing this game like minute one <laughs> on PS4, so it's not going to matter to me, but right. that's definitely a bummer. Yeah, this is not surprising. They pretty much have said that it's coming to other platforms since it was announced. They've used right. the whole, it's coming first PS4, and that's all they've said about it. So, Yeah. There's also those that leak. Yeah. And they immediately deny, like, oh, no, 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 it's not coming to Xbox. <laughs> that's not a thing. <laughs> it's kind of a thing now. It's nice to know. We know the exact time frame, so people... Yeah, who may not have a PS4, <laughs> they they know when they might be able to play it. Yep, I, I said on Twitter, I think I would sacrifice Jeff in a ritual if I got to play that game right now. What? <laughs> <laughs> in a twist of fate, when it says play for some PS4 times close to the March 2021, on March 3rd, 2021, it's going to release on the PS5. <laughs> oh <laughs> shit! Not PS4 exclusive anymore. <laughs> that would be really funny if that's what happened, though. Atari VCS. Shut no, get out. <laughs> Moving on, Nintendo Quest and Log. the Intellivision. Yeah. Miko. Uh, uh, Nintendo had their own thing. It was a little indie world event. Axiom Verge Two was announced. Sports Story, among other, among many new indie games coming to Nintendo Switch in 2020. So uh, we'll just run through the games that were announced. You can pick some out if you like. Axiom Verge 2 coming fall 2020. Sports Story coming mid-2020. Dauntless is available right now if anyone's still playing that game. The Talos Principle we're Deluxe not. Edition available now. <laughs> no, we're for sure not. The Survivalist <laughs> coming 2020. Streets of Rage 4 is in the first half of next year. Gleamlight, which looks like straight up a huge ripoff Apollo Night, is coming early I'm, 2020. I, I really, you said that, 
you sent me a text of it. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, it could be that similar. And I looked. I'm like, holy shit! It, that is 100 percent Hollow Knight. To the point. To the point where while I was watching it, I thought it was a game from that same developer, like an expansion to Hollow Knight. I was like, oh, yeah. that's just a stained glass character in that same exact world. Like I thought they were identical. Crazy. No, they're busy working on whatever the one's called. Silk they're, they're only two, yeah, Silk Silk Song. Song, yeah. They only have two people. They can't work on anything else. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that's coming early 2020. Skatebird, late 2020. Hell yeah. Bacon Switch. You like Skatebird? I don't know. It just looks dumb and fun. <laughs> Did you play it this weekend on Steam? No. I, I was working most of the time that it was on and uh. had other stuff, so didn't have time. Gotcha. Bacon Switch coming summer 2020. Sale 4th, 2020. Murder by Numbers, early 2020. Liberated coming next year. Boyfriend Dungeon, where your weapons turn into men and fight with you and... <laughs> Looks super, super fun. 2020. Right on Dreamscaper. <laughs> Dreamscaper coming early next year. And finally, Odd World Stranger's Wrath, which you can pre purchase now. Available in one Wario. That's January. <laughs> yeah, I, we should start saying January like that. One Wario. There, I can't take credit for that. There's a, uh, there's a how to pronounce channel. Yeah. And they do like bad pronunciations of real words, and it's nice. like January, and it goes one Wario. One of my favorites is uh, Justin Bieber, and they go Juggy Brodeltine, <laughs> <laughs> or Benedict Cumberbatch's Bucket Crunder Dunder. Anyway, <laughs> those are all the uh, things announced from the Nintendo world. I think you guys want to call out. You're a resident Nintendo man, Jeff. You got something. <laughs> um, there's nothing personally here that personally speaks to me. Yep. Axiom Verge 2 and Sports Story are big deals, and I think they were the smart choice to yeah. open and close with because they're, especially on Switch, indie darlings are the, you know, the games before them in the series were. Uh, I think it's a good list of games. I think the only one I'm confirmed to probably play is Streets of Rage 4 just because it's going to be on Game Pass, and Darby, Darby and I will probably stream it. <laughs> Nice. Sounds like a fun time. Axiom Verge 2, if it takes as long as Axiom Verge 1 is, I assume he started working on that before he released the first one. Because that's mm-hmm. also a one-man operation, and it took forever. Yeah. That's crazy. I really want to play Axiom Verge. Now I feel com- more compelled because there's a sequel coming out. But yeah, you, you got to hear, coward. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, our third-party quest log starts with all the big announcements at the Game Awards. Says burr, Steven... Burr, burr, burr. Totino from Kotaku. <laughs> Started with the Xbox Series 1 announcement. We had Hellblade 2. The way you could have said his last name. Steven Totino's. <laughs> Totino's Pizza Rolls from Kotaku. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, Hellblade 2. Godfall for PlayStation 5. We'll come back and talk about these. Bravely Default 2. From Devolver Digital and creators of Prey and Dishonored comes Weird West. League of Legends spinoffs. There were a couple of these showing off throughout the night. Ruined King, a League of Legends story. Um, and then I think the other one's down there somewhere. Um, it is. Yeah, I forgot to add it up there. Dark Alliance, everybody. Game called Prologue. We have release dates for Ori and Will of the Wisp coming March 11th. Control DLC out today. And then there's the Foundation comes March 26th. Gears Tactics coming April 28th for a full $60 for that game. Ghost of Tsushima is arriving next summer in 2020. And then <laughs> stole the show, Fast and Furious Crossroads. <laughs> that was what they chose to end the night on. Final Fantasy VII Remake trailer. There's a new Humankind trailer. Marvel over Ultimate Alliance 3. Rise of the Phoenix expansion was shown off. We saw Maneater. Now Blade Point. 9 to 5. Not a Dolly Parton game. 
No More Heroes 3, Apex <laughs> Legends Holiday Bash event that they spent way too long on, a really dope trailer for Sons of the Forest that makes me want to pretend to like the first game, Surgeon Simulator 2, and The Wolf Among Us 2 from a studio that we all believed was dead. They rose from the dead. There's a lot to unpack <laughs> in there. I want to start by saying Dark Alliance, everybody. Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance was one of my favorite games of the PS2 Xbox generation. <laughs> I absolutely adore that game. So how is this connected to that? Are they the spiritual successor or something? Is that right? This is 100% the same style of game. It's the action RPG. You're playing as Driz Dorden and three other people no one gives a fuck about. And that's all. It's just that. And that's all we know about it. It had a dope trailer that like had some weird camera stuff going on. In it. But the whole thing is just like it exists. This game is coming. There's no other way really to play Dark Alliance or Dark Alliance 2 on current gen consoles or on anything in America. But I'm so fucking pumped for this game. Even PC? I don't know. Nobody fucking touches that. <laughs> I think it's actually okay. not he doesn't old, know what he means because I also played the absolute shit out of this game when I had a PS2 and I think I, I looked it up on PC not that long ago I don't think it's there I, I might be wrong but I don't think so Ooh. I didn't know this was connected to that to be honest I saw this I was like I thought it was a pretty bad trailer just it looked like a 2005 trailer ripped into oh, 20, yeah, yeah. 2019 but I even brought up on the stream, I was like, I really like Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance. I don't know. Like, I just, like, oh, this is using the same name, I guess. But I didn't know it was connected to it. And yeah. unfortunately, as I think we'll probably talk about later, unfortunately, because of the trailer, I had no clue what this game was. Like, you said the <laughs> right. game is just like <laughs> right. Dark Alliance, but I watched that trailer and I'm like, well, you didn't show me any gameplay or anything to go off of. Yeah. So I saw the same thing with a lot of Magic the Gathering trailers, too. It was like, that was just God. a bunch of, like, badass. Dallas was complaining, so we streamed this with our patrons, too. And we all watched it together. And Dallas was just like, all of this is lies. None of it looks like that. And then I go play your game, and it's just a boring, shitty card game. <laughs> yeah. But you're right. Yeah, you didn't see anything. But they did announce it's a four-person ARPG. You play as Drizzt and three other stupid, forgettable people because Drizzt with the scimitars is really all that matters. Will you be equally pumped if the game plays like RuneScape? I don't know what RuneScape really plays like. I just know it's an old thing that some people still play for some reason. Um, (laughs) But it doesn't matter because... Because that's what happens with those MMOs. Like an MMO and those extra RPG kind of games with those crazy CGI trailers. If you didn't gather it already, I was, when I was younger, obsessed with Drizzt, the Dark Elf, and his scimitars, and I thought it was so fucking cool. I always played the so, dwarf, dude. I, I guess I'm not enough in to know what these well, people Well, Drizzt, it just like in, in Dungeons & Dragons lore, is a character, <laughs> and in, in those Dark Alliance games, he was like a secret unlock that you could get at the end of the game hmm, to play as him. Um, but he was already like super powered up and had all of these crazy ass moves. But just like I read the Dark nice. Elf trilogy that starred Driz. There's the comic book adaptation of it that I read too. It's like I don't know why, but he's so fucking badass. He was in the original Baldur's Gate games as well. That he was a character in there as well. Whew, sorry. I can. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take a breath for a second. Somebody else talk about something else that was announced. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think me and Jeff both really like Weird West. I thought that was probably one of the best showings of the night because we know what the game is. They actually showed us gameplay <laughs> from it, and it had that like kind of like weird Devolver Digital kind of has a style at this point. You know, like you you kind of know it's gonna be a very kind of off kilter in a cool way game. Uh, and at this point for Devolver, de- you know, over the years, we have to the point where we see Devolver Digital, we get excited, not just because of the weirdness, but because of the quality of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they have a lot more hits than misses for, for sure recently. 
Mm-hmm. So um, that that was one of the highlights for me. And then uh, there's a you really need to just go watch our reaction just to see us talk way too long about the No More Heroes trailer because that fake out was just so funny <laughs> to us. And I'm also a big No More Heroes fan, so that was great for me. <laughs> like, did y'all see that with the the little thing? It was like foo, and it's like Damon, I love you or something, and then it turns into this like. <laughs> crazy super saiyan monster that like talks like a surfer guy or something and he's like <laughs> yeah did you guys happen to look up the extended version of that trailer no, no in fact i, I missed the original trailer it was one of the first ones showed off right yeah it was in the pre-show yeah i missed it because i was uh getting home late from work mm-hmm. so i even missed that trailer completely but it's so good and yeah it was the whole fake out and then at the point at the end of it you're like so what was all that was this just, just a fun fake out or what and then once you go into it, I kind of forgot about this. One of the characters in the trailer was in the new New More Hero games from this that released this year and all that. But he just looked kind of different, so I kind of for, didn't realize it was him. But and with all the marketing and stuff, it looks like all the characters from that trailer are going to be the bosses of the game. Or at least oh, some dope. of the bosses. But it was so okay. cool because the trailer goes on for like four minutes. It is super, super detailed and just so like kind of surrealist and absurd. And then at the end, like that main bad guy, they said, what are you? And he says, I'm a goddamn superhero. <laughs> and that's the title of the game. It comes up there. It says goddamn superhero. And then suddenly <laughs> the screen breaks and it's Travis touchdown. It says no more heroes three. It's like, oh my God. That's it's awesome. Like, is the game actually called goddamn superhero? <laughs> <laughs> I wish somebody had the balls. <laughs> I know, man. Suda would do that. Suda would do that. So yeah. I mean, that was the best trailer of the night, and I have no interest in playing No More Heroes. But that was I'm going to play the <laughs> shit out of that game. <laughs> Travis, um, the, the big one for me was the Series X announcement and, and yeah. Hellblade Two, uh, but also um, Nakamura Blade Point looks awesome. It oh, had like right. a. Sekiro vibe with more flips in the combat. Lots of flipping around. Yeah, it's uh, like let's... a multiplayer uh, Sekiro, and that's dope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that looks really cool. But a lot of the announcements, like either I knew about the game and already like Final Fantasy VII, I'm like, okay, cool. Final Fantasy VII trailer. That was, that was nice. Well, let's let's keep going on. What else is going to be coming up on the show? But like, a lot of the really big announcements just didn't personally speak to me. Like Wolf Among Us, too. I'm like, I get it. Cool. Great announcer for a lot of people. My big Telltale person. Um, no More Heroes. I haven't played one before, so maybe I'll like that. I have no idea. Bravely Default 2, another one where I'm like, I know that's a huge deal for a lot of people. I have never played Bravely Default before. In fact, I've heard Chad shit all over that game. It's not good. It's I not good. It's it good for It's good for like eight hours, and then you have to play those same hours over and over and over again. As part of the game, it's stupid. It's also just absolutely hysterical that they literally released Bravely Default, Bravely Second, and then Bravely Default Two. <laughs> yeah. That's the best part of the trailer, the name reveal. Yeah. Square Enix is just determined to have the most complicated names of all time between Kingdom <laughs> yep. Hearts and the. Yeah. Uh, another highlight for me of a uh, trailer is like I, I knew this game existed, but this trailer sold me on the game, and I want it. Is Man Eater? The shark. Oh, yeah. I don't honestly even remember what Man Eater was. That that was, was the sh- pre-show, so you might have missed that. No, one. I probably missed it. Yeah, it's just like sh- you play sharks and you attack people, and it, you somehow get superpowers while you eat. That people. sounds awesome. It's, it's like a Sharknado game almost. No, seriously, look up the trailer once we're done with this. It's really, it looks really fun. All right, but sadly, that was the kind of level of good announcements in here. The rest of it, it really was a, a weak uh, year in general. Which I also thought E3 was kind of weak this year. I mean, I think. 
in hindsight, we probably should have known that all the announcement, announcement, announcement like type sh- uh, driven shows were just going to be weaker this year because, and I don't really blame Keeley. I think he just didn't have much to work with. And even the games that were revealed here, yeah. there was just like, there was two different league of legends games revealed here, two of them. And I literally can't tell you the difference between them. I can't tell you what <laughs> either name the actual game is. I don't know. Yeah, there were so many ambiguous CGI trailers with dragons and magic in them. <laughs> that they, yep. The Magic, the Gathering, the League of Legends, they all, like seven of them, they all blend together. I don't think I would have been as bothered by there not being as much content there. Because obviously, next gen, that's once the. Uh, the concerts kind of get m- even more information unveiled. We see more games. Like then we'll start seeing some more stuff at the Game Awards. Developers actually show some stuff off. But then I think you were telling me like Wario sixty four tweeted out that or retweeted someone saying that there's going to be next gen content there. So it's kind of getting my hopes up a little bit. Yeah. And it was really it was Hellblade two great trailer and then Godfall. I'm like CGI trailer that I don't really even know what it is, but it's on PlayStation five. Woo. We, yep. we saw. I can't. I don't know where it came from, but there is a little clip of gameplay from that game out there. That oh, came out there? afterwards. Yeah, I probably Godfall. Is, I feel like I've seen a Destiny trailer that wasn't Destiny like ten times the last two years, <laughs> and that was legitimately like I feel like I'm just looking at Destiny. Destiny that, with guns. That whole like sci-fi fantasy aesthetic. <laughs> Destiny is great. Destiny did it, but everyone has tried to copy that over and over and over again the last few years, and I'm just kind of so sick of that aesthetic. (laughs) (laughs) Dope. That was Game Awards. Um, Holden, I know that you've done a lot of work typing out a lot of things, but I would love to just touch on these two and move on for time's sake. Yeah. Uh, First of which is there is a new Bioshock game in development, officially reported. uh, Sorry, reportedly. Uh, began several years ago, says Brianna Reeves, at PlayStation Lifestyle. 2K has officially finally announced that a new studio called Cloud Chamber will begin working on a new Bioshock game that won't be out for several years. However, if you are to believe Jason Schreier, which everyone in the world should, um, Cloud Chamber was actually formed two years ago, and Bioshock 4 has been in development since at least 2015, even though it might have been on several iterations. Um, It was canceled in 2016 originally, and uh, it moved studios... Were used in 2017 when 2K bought it back. And then finally, when um, Jason Trier was out working on, sorry, looking at Mafia 3, he then, I remember that tweet from a couple years ago. He's like, oh, by the way, um, biggest news come out of all of this Bioshock 4 is happening. So it's been out for a while. They've been working on it for two years. And I uh, can't wait for that freaking game. Yeah. Heck yeah. Right. Look forward to another barf poll this month sometime. Or, yeah, this month sometime. I hope to see Bioshock Infinite on it. And if you don't pick it, I'm going to create seven different Patreon subscribers, and we're going to make sure that it happens. <laughs> I adore me to put it in there. <laughs> Sonic Movie Redesigned VFX Studio shuts down. Worked extreme hours, says Chandler Wood, at PlayStation Lifestyle. Um, so the, the VFX studio behind Detective Pikachu, The Lion King remake, Justice League, Guardians of the Galaxy, Blade Runner 2049, X-Men, Prometheus, Dumbo, The Jungle Book, and Watchmen, the 2009 version, and Sonic. Uh, has just shut down. What did you say? Sianic? Sianic. Sianic. A lot of this is basically, uh, some of it came down to, I read this from another article that wasn't like video game related. Um, The nature of VFX studios in general 
is that they all try to outbid each other by lowering their price so much that the, the margins on like actually profiting from doing this kind of stuff you like you they are working so hard to try not to lose money because they bid say hey i'll take this whole job for like x million dollars and they're like hope i can actually do that under budget so oftentimes it's like razor thin margins on these things already, and uh, they finally just went under. Despite reports saying that, um, hey, all of this redesign on Sonic actually didn't cost us too much, and it only took a little bit of time and no crunch at all. And turns out that someone on Reddit who works there is like, yeah, we regularly worked more than seventeen hours a day on that redesign for Sonic. So that he didn't regularly work seventeen hours a day. He said that it would happen in sometimes it happened like a few day ranges, but it's like always over ten. Always over ten. Yeah, that sucks. And the movie's gonna tank, so it's they're true. not even gonna get. <laughs> they're not even gonna make it worth it. Yeah, it's at least Sonic looks better. There's still that. Yeah, he does. He looks a ton better. In the movie itself, however, for a movie looks bad. we won't see. Oh, I will see it. I will see it because I'm an AMC A-list member, and I was obsessed with Sonic for no good reason as a kid. I wish I could look into alternate <laughs> realities and just see exactly how much better that movie will do because of the redesigns than it would have done if there were no redesigns. Oh, but yeah. It's just stats I'll never have. but A million better. That's people, all. People honestly probably would have gone to see it because it was so bad looking. They're like, I just got to see how the whole movie turns out. Well, and now she's like, oh, now it's just a shitty video game movie. We're just going to go see Cats if we want to see terrifying oh my animals. God, I can't <laughs> wait for that movie to die. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to our main quest where we just want to chat about like all of the shit that came out this year. What did we miss in 2019? What do you got to go back and play? What do you got to catch up on? What's in your backlog? Disco freaking Elysium. Oh, yes. right, Disco Elysium. I don't play on PC, but when that comes to other systems, it's going to be all over my face. <clears throat> yeah, I think, Jeff, you are, I think that is next on your queue, is it not? Yes, I'm pro- probably going to start in the next couple of days and just kind of play it aside. Luigi's Mansion today is my plan. But you're going to do what now, I'm sorry? Just kind of play it alongside Luigi's alongside Mansion. Alongside Luigi's Mansion, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, those those go really good together. Yeah. Yeah. Like- <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, like co- commentary on capitalism and, uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> bad working conditions and stuff, and Luigi's Mansion Three. Yeah, besides those, the games that I want to try to get to for sure are uh, Resident Evil Two. Still need to play that. Control, Ooh. Astral Chain, and Outer Wilds. Oh my god! It's like so many like big games that came out this year that you're not even playing for Game of the Year consideration. Jeff, you gotta get going. You got two weeks. We got a little more than that for our, you know, yeah, game of the year stuff. January. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I have this year in general has definitely been. I mean, I think this year overall for the entire industry is definitely like uh, lesser than the last two years, which isn't saying much. I think 2017 and 2018 were just like historically incredible years but yeah um and then when you get to my specific taste it's kind of even worse like there there just really hasn't been a whole lot that like (laughs) jumped out to me and the few things that i did really get into like fire emblem was one of my favorite series of all time but three houses was really was really ultimately kind of a disappointment to me it was you know just it was there were there were a lot of problems with that and uh even more combat 11 i love that game but the story mode I, I didn't really love at all. And I, I, I think uh, Nether Realm story modes are a little overrated. 
And then Jedi Fallen, Fallen Order. As like you guys have talked, I, I <laughs> yep. agree with you guys in a lot of ways. Don't forget Metro Exodus, Darby. Oh god, your Metro favorite Exodus. game. Oh god, I forgot. I still have to play that. Definitely not by the end of the year, but I have to complete it. But outside of that, like I definitely, yeah, Disco Elysium just sounds like such a freaking like turning RPGs on their head. It sounds so unique and just the the mechanics of like. The, the your character's like psyche kind of fighting against themselves and there's these hidden stats and like roles and like mm-hmm. apparently the choices and options like a lot of people said that they were sitting there like i don't know what to choose <laughs> you know <laughs> uh and that that's just right up my alley but um and i want to play outer wilds i want to try it but i'll probably like take jeff's game pass because that's on console so i don't have to <laughs> wait is that a wild just on consoles I'm pretty sure it's on PC oh, as well. Oh. I think I think it's on PC. I thought I, th- I remember that being really it, 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 at least at the beginning it was not. I, okay. I know at the beginning it was not at the very least, but yeah. I everything it's, that uh, I missed this year it's on Windows. Okay, there you go. Everything I missed this year, I th- I feel like I played everything that I absolutely like. I have to play this, or it was like a big game of the year contender. Speaking of which, we never even talked about Sekiro winning game of the year and surprising the fuck out of everybody. Oh, yeah. Can I interrupt oh, yeah. you for one second? I just have to, this is actually kind of funny. Jeff was saying it wasn't initially on Windows at first, it was on Xbox at first. And you're 100% right. Then one day later, it was released on Windows. <laughs> <laughs> That's See, so still strange. Right. But you were right. That, that one day, and that just stuck in my head. I'm like, oh, I can't play Outer Wilds. Damn. Like, that just <laughs> stuck in my head. That's so weird. I've like, well, release on Xbox One, and then like, on May 29th, we'll work on it to release the PC version on, on May 30th. They needed that one-day development time, I guess. Very weird. <laughs> I don't know why I played out that way. Anyway, sorry. You can go, Chad. Uh, so the things that I missed this year are mostly like things that like cool projects I believed in and I wanted to like or like stuff that I knew. Like, this is going to be cool, but I don't really have the time to devote to it right now. Uh, the first of which is Remnant from the Ashes. That's the the Dark Souls like with a shooter component to it. Basically, it's on Xbox Game Pass right now. Definitely got to play that. And then the Wolfenstein games that came out. I've I'm just such a big fan of the Wolfenstein reboot franchise that I have to play. I, even if I don't finish them, I have to play. You're talking about Youngblood. Um, yeah, Youngblood. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just Youngblood remember hearing so much negative yeah. stuff about it. <laughs> yeah, that's why I didn't really pick it up right off the bat. But I'm like, I eventually I have to play this in 2020. Because of the respect I have for the Wolfenstein franchise, I yeah. do the same for Cyberpilot and VR. Wolfenstein Cyberpilot, <coughs> uh, and then I have Blood and Truth, which was the London Studio VR game. I played it for like an hour and a half, two hours, and then I got a game-breaking bug, and I just never went back and did it. But Ooh. I really, really liked what I played, so it's just a matter of starting over again. Say, well, not the game-breaking bug part. I played like two hours. They got distracted in the whole move and all that. I need to go back and finish that. But I'm yeah. with you. I really liked what I played. <laughs> I want to play that too because the London heist was was a really cool like, yeah. little tease. It's a good yeah. time. Yeah. And then Concrete Genie. It's short mm. enough and I feel like the, like the gameplay itself doesn't look like it interests me. But the story and the themes and stuff like that that it's dealing <laughs> with are something that I feel like everyone is, is clamoring for. Alright, I'll give it a shot. I want to play it. It's a PlayStation first party or is it just an exclusive it's a first first party party. first party yeah first party yeah so a lot of mine are games i started but never went back to and it's kind of like man i really wish i'd gone back to that game 
or like the case of Baba's you, I really want to go back to that game and then feel like an idiot and probably stop playing it again. Not because it's a super clever, very good game. Man, I feel like that game is smarter than I am by a lot. So <laughs> I, I feel like I missed out on that game and I might not go back and play it. But I really respected it. I legitimately um, am not even joking. I compare Baba is You to like Sekiro and Dark Souls. It's a very different style of game, but it kind mm-hmm. of has the same dopamine release whenever you get something wrong and then the punishing, like, you know, the, the, you have mm-hmm. to like, you really have to learn to speak the language of this game, even though it's completely different. It is grueling. I never beat it and we would leave and then come back, leave and come back. Yeah, but, yeah. That is probably my game of the year, maybe, which is crazy. Whoa! <laughs> Adam, yeah, like the two games he played in Light. <laughs> That's what, yeah, yeah. And Light is the, is the, the caveat there. I'd be, I'm having that problem, too. There's so many. I'm like, I told you, I can't even make a top five list because there aren't five games I thought were game of the year worthy. Maybe yep. things like Jedi Fallen Order just, just didn't live up for me. Um, Remnants of the Ashes is another one for me as well, Chad, where I started playing it and I really like it so far. It got really fucking hard, and I want to play it co-op now with someone so they can kind of carry me through the game. <laughs> Jack, do you want to carry me through the game? <laughs> In 2020, we will. <laughs> um, pulling on my list here. Some of these I'm going to try to beat by the end of the year. Like, I have Plague Tale, um, Innocence. I heard that's really, really oh, good. Yeah, I'm gonna add that I to forgot about that on my list, too. Dang it. <laughs> uh, say, you um, better catch up before tw- or, um, Q1 2020, because all shit held breaks loose. <laughs> Well, luckily, yeah. or, well, Ori got pushed back, so my February is now empty. <laughs> and last one's got pushed back, so I'm mostly good to Final Fantasy Seven. I started Control, and I really like it. I'm gonna try to beat that game by the end of the year. Oh, you totally especially, should. I really, really want to that game, uh, especially with um, just all everyone who's played it really likes it. Everyone, I have, I really haven't heard anyone who's played it and didn't like it. So I really want to try that one. And the last one is Outer Worlds, where um, I really want to go back and play that game. I got a good chunk into it, but it's like I got five hours into it probably. But considering how long that game is, I feel like I'm just scratching the surface of it. Really, really want to go back and play that at some point. But there's just no way I can get to that for the end of the year. I want to say, I mean, I finished my play for a little over 20 hours. And I did most really? of this, almost it's all really the side quests. Oh, it's it, it's actually think. very manageable, surprisingly. I mean, I, it, it, it has that Fallout kind of vibe, so you think, "Oh, this is going to be like a hundred-hour game." But no, yeah, I, I might, I probably capped off at twenty-five hours max. Interesting, oh. interesting. Um, I it's I have it on PS4. It's on Game Pass, and a part of me wants to restart it on Game Pass just because I love the Xbox One controller, and if I have the opportunity to use it over the PS4 DualShock, I'm going to take it. Really like it, so that's a factor. And then um, the last game for me is uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses, but I'm kind of like mixed if I feel like I missed out on it or not. And you literally have actually the two polar opposites of not polar opposites. <laughs> I still like the game, but you have the two opposites of the spectrum. I loved right it. Here. I almost went back to <laughs> replay it after I got done, partly because of this the house I picked. There's a choice halfway through that. I could go back to and do another part of the story without replaying stuff, but I love the game. I put like eighty hours. Here's in my it. thing: like, Holden, do you like what, what is your uh, what is your experience and opinion on strategy games? Like, so, most of my strategy game experience is actually with um, what's the developer of Fire Emblem? 
intelligence systems intelligent systems i most of my strategy experience is actually with them with fire emblem awakening and um uh the advanced war series which is also by them and also like mario um mario and rabbits i have experience with that i have a lot of experience with strategy games but i liked advanced wars more than fire emblem because there's not as much story in advanced wars it really is just more get in do your strategy combat that's fun and then get out and fire emblem is much more story heavy and then actually it was you darby explaining on, on uh, nerds at large that mm-hmm. kind of deterred me because it sounds like the story stuff's really significant in this game yeah i would actually based off of everything you just said i would actually suggest to not play it because yep that's kind of where the game fell apart for me because the actual gameplay like i played on hard and like it is so ridiculously easy. Like, I was just never really in fear of losing anyone, really, ever. It was just... It, and then I watched my sister play a normal, and I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like, it is impossible. <laughs> you could send one person into an army and just kill everyone. So, after a certain point, that, like, stopped... And, and the game is, like, 80-plus hours. It's that At some point, like, that stopped really being a draw for me, and then... For me, at least, the writing, the like little character moments and everything, like you said, it is a big focus, which I normally would be happy about. But man, I just like the writing was just very, very paper thin through like the most of the writing was paper thin. When it came to the main story, there were definitely things that interest me, but like there's a lot of time spent in that game clicking through dialogue that it's like you are a complete trope. You are just like defined by this one characteristic. <laughs> now next character. Oh, you're the guy that's always hungry. Oh, you're the girl who loves fashion. Oh, you're this. And it just, I started skipping the support conversations. I wasn't enjoying the combat. And at some point I'm like, I think I don't like this game. <laughs> it's also, there's three campaigns. It's like 80 hours per campaign. It's just a really daunting to think about starting playing it. And it doesn't even sound like it's, at least, it sounds like we're going to more with Darby in this one. Yeah, sorry. It just sounds like it's going to... No, no, it's just... Because I think you're speaking to things that uh, play to my interest in games. It just sounds like it's too much. But then I had that regret still of like, but I really do want to play Fire Emblem on Switch. I keep going back and forth. But I think you're right, Darby. Sorry, Jeff. I'm, uh, so, I'm so Obviously, sorry. He, as far as the writing goes and characters, he just picked the wrong house. Black Eagles <laughs> for life, man. Well, that's a flaw in the game, not me. <laughs> One entire play. None of the flaws you should pick that. Even though I was going to pick the same house as you, <laughs> you strongarmed me into Black Eagles. <laughs> Mighty kites. Oh, that was a Scrubs reference. Nice. That's it. What games? Audience, fifth lifelong friend, listening at home, listening in the car, listening underwater in their scuba expedition. What games did you miss in 2019? What are you going to play in 2020? Is there something that we should play ourselves? Let us know. We're going to move on to We Are So Fucking Humble because Holden and I are the most humblest little babies. And we're just like, we don't want all the attention all the time. We want to give it to somebody else because we're humble. And that is our lovely friends from Nerds at Large. Do you guys have a topic that you brought with you that you would love to discuss today? Yeah, I think we can go go ahead, Jeff. I, I... Okay, so mine is inspired by the Game Awards. Okay. And all those juicy, juicy reveal trailers. By that I so mean... So juicy. By that I mean I didn't like a lot of them because it's just kind of a thing that meant, like, just grew as a thing went on of 
why are all these trailers just CG? Show me some freaking gameplay. Yeah. <laughs> and it didn't help that a lot of them had, I think Chad said earlier, a very generic um, fantasy aesthetic. So they they didn't stand out from one each other. So what I'm so I figure when we talk about it is what's like an ideal um, reveal trailer for us. I know that's going to have some caveats depending on what game it is and all that, but stuff. And we kind of say like for this game it was good because this reason and all that kind of stuff. But I figure that could be a good conversation. I think no CGI. I, I there is nothing redeeming to me about CGI in a trailer. Just show me the game. I, it's like it'd be like watching a trailer for a movie and they decided to make an animated version of the trailer for the movie but it's really live action like why would you do that it doesn't make (laughs) any sense it's a uniquely video game thing yeah it's for that very uniquely video game yeah yeah but that's my biggest thing yeah Um, what are your thoughts on then like a cgi cutscene from a game and just pulling that out and making it part of the trailer like the last of us 2 when you see ellie on the bed I was actually going to say that. I think in some cases, like, cause it's not just a blanket statement yeah. of CGI reveal trailers are bad. I think for some games, it works. Like, I, I think Hellblade's trailer was good because it is very early, and we all know that. And it's kind of more of a thing of showing off what the hardware, like, the best the hardware can do type thing. The Last of Us 2 is one I was actually going to bring up because I think that's a good example of doing CGI or the cutscene stuff right because it is a sequel to a beloved game known for it, its story and all that. So just showing the character in the story, I think, is enough for that game in particular. But when you show a new IP, um, you should at least split and show what what's the actual game. Yeah, that's my yeah. biggest thing. Like I, In video games, it is very, very, very hard to stand out with a new IP because there, we, uh, we just talked about all the games we need to play that we're never going to get to. It's incredibly hard. And when you're The Last of Us 2 or something like that, it's kind of like it is a case-by-case basis. And unfortunately, I mean, The Last of Us can afford to show me Ellie playing a guitar, Joel walks up, and I am hyped. I'm out of my mind. I'm losing my right. mind. It's like one of my favorite trailers because... I know The Last of Us, and I'm anticipating this. And I like they don't they didn't show me the gameplay, but I kind of know where we're going, and I, I'm along on this ride. But whenever like these game awards games, I think so many of these developers they work on this game day in and day out, and they're bought into the hype, and they like make this really cool made like well made uh, trailer and they expect that everyone else is going to be just as hyped as they are but they need to understand when it's a new ip if i just see this trailer i don't know what the game is and if i leave the game awards with like i just watched 40 something game trailers i'm gonna forget your game because Mm -hmm. you're not showing me what it actually is and I get it because, again, they're heads down in this game. They think this game is really dope, mm-hmm. but they need to understand that we're not coming in there. Like, you know, it, it, you have to stand out, and it's fucking hard. It's fucking hard. I agree with you guys in The Last of Us example 100%. And to me, that's not really what I meant by like a CGI trailer. I'm talking like it has nothing to do with the game. It is a separate video made for that trailer and nothing else. Whereas like Death Stranding was showing us like cutscenes from the game that I'm going to see in the game. Same with like Last of Us. That's going to be a part of the game. That's not something they made extra just for the trailer. And it does give you an idea of like what that game is going to be the last of us is going to have moments of of solitude with you know ellie playing a guitar that's part of the experience of of playing a last of us game um absolutely cutscenes are totally totally fine for a game i do think there's also can be sometimes an over-reliance on like pure gameplay 
and not showing some of those extra like moments like a cutscene or something like that um especially with like the top down games and maybe that's why they have the cgi trailers when it's like those top down like diablo style games those games i think can be kind of hard to be make exciting through a gameplay trailer where you're kind of cutting back and forth but you just the same perspective i think that's maybe that's like the the challenge those games and why they go to the cgi trailers but just feels disingenuous (laughs) yeah i think it it Part of it is, I think Death Stranding is an interesting example to bring up. Part of it is, is it an established IP or something that we already know and we kind of understand the game already, therefore we can rely more on like story and tone and those kind of trailers Mm -hmm. versus something that we don't know. And as I mentioned, Death Stranding is kind of in the middle where it is something brand new. We didn't understand it, but we know that it's from Kojima. So we kind of put up with all the ambiguity and uh, not knowing what the fuck the actual game was for a very, very long time. But we put in it, mm-hmm. yes, the internet was like, these look cool, but what do I do in the game? But still, we kind of put up to it, and we were very hype on it, versus something brand new from a studio nobody knows, and it's this really dope-looking CGI trailer for a card game. And it's like, that literally is not the experience I'm going to be expecting from that. So I think there's like those three levels, and I think the smaller ones that nobody knows, they're trying to do the Kojima thing, like build hype in this, and oh my god, look how cool this game is going to be. But really, we need to understand what I'm going to be playing, because you're right, it's disingenuous. It's like, I, I feel like I got tricked. And it's exactly what Dallas was screaming about. It was like, these are all lies. None of your games are actually like this. <laughs> I think Nintendo nails it um, in terms of rather than making this trailer that's supposed to just like make you excited with how intense it is they literally just explain the game to you and i think it was an element with nintendo too where they had it's like the kojima effect where you're on the edge of your seat because it's nintendo you're really excited what the next nintendo game is going to be but i kind of like that kind of explanation of the game but i think i'm also that just speaks for my personality maybe and like what they also I, take it I way enjoy. too far sometimes like the dr they mario do. ios game <laughs> where it's yes. literally a five minute trailer just like and this is how hearts work, and you're going to yeah. destroy these bugs, and you're going to have to... It's like, mm-hmm. well, calm down. I think what it does, though, and it, you're, yeah, they definitely go on for too long. What it does <laughs> in the case of like the two examples I brought up of the... Or the one example I brought up of the uh, uh, Diablo-style, like, you know, looking down perspective, top-down perspective, and even, like, the card game. Show it's a card game. I get it's a card game. And then show me through maybe an explanation or like, zooming in what makes this card game stand out from others. Um, and I think that's where, like, Nintendo-style does that well is by explaining that because it would work for a card game where it's hard to make just pictures of what you see in hearthstone exciting yeah in in a way a trailer should but i mean there is i mean even those type of games though the people you're appealing to are probably like people who are into that kind of game and a lot of them i mean like that there's a reason why me and jeff out of all these games we're talking about this isometric devolver digital game the weird west we're talking about that because they just showed gameplay and we all said that looks fun like i see what i'm doing in that game and what i'm doing looks fun that totally could have been they could have had these cgi cowboys doing a bunch of stuff and then we just don't (laughs) even know what the game is and then we're not talking about it now i mean you see some of them get it right like hollow knight and celeste they're just like look at this platforming doesn't that look fun then, like, I didn't know what either of those games were, but I'm immediately invested. I'm immediately in. There was, it's bad I can't remember it, but whatever was in that Nintendo Direct, that uh, kind of noir isometric game, like, God, I can't remember the name of it. It would help a lot if I could remember the name of it. But there's, like, a lot of those. Even smaller developers, there's some that just get it. 
But then there's others that seem like they're just making the cardinal sin. Like, even that Dark Alliance game. Like, yeah. a- apparently I should have been hyped for that. But, like, show me the Dark Alliance part of it. Like, if they had pulled it up <laughs> and I could tell, I'm like, holy shit, look. This is, like, I would have been, that would have been me freaking out in the stream. But instead I'm looking and it's like, I don't know what this is. And I just, it blows my mind that it's still in 2019. There's not someone in that studio that's like, hey, guys. I've watched enough of these conferences. I see what works and what doesn't. This is not going to work. I just can't believe that there's there's still this many new games kind of shooting themselves in the foot. Like even when their game's fun, they'll just kind of market it completely wrong. So hire yeah. me is what I'm saying. Like hire me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll literally just say no. That's bad. I don't know how to fix it, but that's bad. <laughs> that's bad. I just saw an example of a game that doesn't show something in the trailer that's actually in the game, but still hints at mechanics without telling you directly their mechanics. And that's actually the Breath of the Wild, the first Breath of the Wild trailer, when it was just called uh, just Zelda Wii U. It was still pegged for 2019 or 2015. It just shows the open field, and then it shows the Guardian come up and shooting those beams out. And then Link running away, and then he jumps off his horse. It's a slow-mo thing of him pulling back the ancient arrow and firing into the Guardian. And at the moment, I had no idea all that was gameplay-oriented. But looking back, it's that all those things are things you can do in the game. Running away from the Guardian, just like you do in the game. The jumping off the horse's slow-mo effect. Right. But again, it has the Zelda thing going there. Yeah, I mean, those the, when one, you so. have the established IP, you get a pass. It's just yeah. how it works. Yeah, yeah. I think with, like with Nintendo and then especially that Zelda trailer, it's with those kind of IP like Zelda and Mario and stuff. Just even if it's not as gameplay focused or obvious gameplay mm-hmm. in the trailers, just showing what's different from the other games is enough. Again, it's a case by case basis for established IP like that. The Zelda one works perfectly because yeah. even if we it didn't turn out to be exact gameplay type stuff, mm-hmm. we can just look around, see the environments. Like, okay, this is how it's different. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and the reason I thought of that is when you guys were talking about uh, Weird West and how it did show the top down uh, perspective, and, and and if it had shown this like cowboys, you know, drawn quickly kind of thing, it's like you're never going to draw a gun in that game. In that, in that same <laughs> in that way, way, probably. Yeah. Like, it's, just, mm-hmm. it's not going to be a mechanic you see. So at least if you're going to do a cutscene, have it be around a mechanic you can do in the game that gets you excited. Like, that looks cool. Oh, and I can do that in the game. Even better. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah but then sometimes I'm a hypocrite because, like, I don't really play Diablo 3 at all, but as soon as I saw that Diablo 3 trailer in oh, BlizzCon, I came yeah. to Jeff and I was like, Jeff, I think that's the best video game trailer I've ever seen in my entire life. I'm like, <laughs> this thing is incredible. And like, yes. <laughs> and like that didn't say anything about the game, but I was still just screaming from the hilltop. So I guess if it's And good it was enough, also like 12 to... minutes long. It was... Oh, God, it was, it was so, so good. good. It was so mm-hmm. good. <laughs> yeah. Interesting so. discussion. Thanks for bringing that up, guys. Got yeah, two yeah. last quick things. One, subscriber interrogatives, which are a fancy way of saying listener questions. Uh, if you want to write in, at Fire on Twitter, our email address, same thing, respondingfire at gmail.com. And this time, Dusty Evolution Hill wrote in and said, what are y'all's favorite thing that has been announced this week, and why is it hashtag skatebird? <laughs> I think we all know mine was Dark Alliance. I freaked out on stream. I freaked out on this podcast. I can't wait. I just Legit. watched the skateboard trailer before we recorded. That does look pretty hysterical. I'd, I'd have to it's pretty jolly. No, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. pretty into it. And I'm Game Pass oh. when it launches. <laughs> Let's go. Nice. Oh, is it? Okay, I'll yeah. play it then. Um, 
Good but of course, the Series X. It's just I don't know. Like I just did not expect to see a next gen console in 2019 at, at all. So it just really took me off off guard. Was really surprised when I remember specifically when Jeff Keighley like did his whole like he's kind of looking away from the camera like and there's some 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 surprises that we have in store for you tonight and i'm like oh like what game is this gonna be and it just didn't even mm-hmm. dawn if he's gonna be hardware matter of fact i think someone in the group just yelled i think this is hardware and not a <laughs> game and i'm like wait it's like what and it just that was a very cool announcement for me mm-hmm. um i guess my favorite announcement would be the kingdom hearts dlc stuff just from a perspective of I love Kingdom Hearts 3, but that trailer shows that the DLC is going to add everything else I'd want out of the game. And as long as that's good quality, uh, let's go. <laughs> I am, I've just been desperately looking through the announcements to figure out what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking just trailers. No More Heroes 3. That's probably, a pretty, that's probably a pretty bad sign. Yeah, No More Heroes 3 was... Definitely my favorite trailer, and I'm not going to play the game. So that's, that's probably... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Resident, like Resident Evil 3 is was probably like the thing I was most hyped about, which is really weird to say because I've still never played a Resident Evil game. But I know I'm going to play Resident Evil 2, and then I'll get to that eventually. So I get I like, and I know I'm gonna love those games. So I guess that's that by default. But that's a game I'm not even like. I still have another game to play before that in the series. So. I guess just this these announcements didn't do a ton for me, I guess. Skatebird. Sorry, Skatebird. Oh, there but, you go. Skatebird, yeah. yeah. Just cut everything Thanks, Dusty, for writing that in. Uh, <laughs> anyone else, feel free to. We would love your submissions. We're going to move on to Game on Game Show. The Game on Our Game Show, where we play a game called Game on Our Game Show. It's game, 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 game. This one is um, uh, something that I'm stealing. I'm stealing this game, ripping it off, exact same questions and everything from the Easy Allies podcast. Here we go. Oh, no. Are you going to know all the answers, Jeff? (laughs) Oh, no. Okay, okay, okay. Hopefully it's something that, like, is old enough or, like, obscure enough that you don't remember them. It's a game from Tanner Menthon is the person who wrote into their podcast. I want to give them full credit. But it's a game they do called Pokemon or Real Animals. Yes. 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 (laughs) Uh, So we've done something uh, similar in the past where, like, I would... We were too Are we excited, gone? Are we dead? We were too we were too hyped for the Pokemon <laughs> game. I can Are hear we back? You. I can still hear you. Can you hear us? Yeah. Okay. okay. Now you're back. Okay. Yeah. Did did you hear Great. us lose our mind over Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we did something similar in the past where I read a Pokedex description and you try to guess the Pokemon. Uh, but this is just is it a real Pokemon or is it an animal? So I'm gonna go through I have eleven here, and I just want you to call out whether it's real or not, and then if you guess the Pokemon or guess the animal, that'll give you an extra point. Okay. okay. We are keeping score. There is a winner. There are two losers. And the loser First will one. die. The yellow stripes <laughs> on its body absorb sunlight to convert into electrical energy. That's Pikachu. Yeah. But, I mean, it seems too obvious, but this is a real animal. I'm going to go real, too. It seems too obvious. That is a real animal. Do you know what animal oh. it is? Nope. Uh, it's the, the y- yellow tail gecko. I'm just going to throw <laughs> something out there. It's an oriental wasp. I'm going to say cats. Oh, not. Oh, okay. Not cats. <laughs> just generally cats. Oriental wasp, yeah. God, those big ju- fucking wasps. The, the, oh, my God. Terrifying. Anyway, uh, another one. Its cry can be higher than 115 decibels, louder than a supersonic jet engine. 
that's Pokemon, and I know which one it is. I'm surprised I know. <laughs> what do you guys say? I guess it's your Pokemon. Mr. Mime. Well. Yeah, I know Pokemon. That so is... all three say Pokemon? That is a real animal. Wait. Really? That is a real is that animal. Is Wismer? I thought nope. that was the Pokedex industry for Wismer. I thought that was That is a real one. animal, and that is a pig. <laughs> Wait, true story. A pig can get as loud as a jet engine? <laughs> yep, louder than a supersonic jet engine. That is a pig's cry. Wow. That is Crazy. Terrifying. Number three, to avoid crushing the baby it carries in his pouch, it always sleeps standing up. See, I mean, Genghis. Uh, what's the. Uh, is it Kangas? Kangas? So you're saying Pokemon? Pokemon. Because it, it's not going to be. Is it. It's something like that. It, this is Genghis Khan. I know who that is. There's yeah, the Kangas Pokemon Kangas Khan, yeah. yeah. Oh, it is Kangas Khan. Okay, I'm like, like that's a kangaroo so and Genghis Khan, yeah. Yeah, okay. So you're um, saying Pokemon? Because that, I think, keeps it in the power. I think so. Yeah, Pokemon yeah. sounds too much like a kangaroo to be true, metagaming it. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with real animal. That is a Pokemon, and it is Kangaskhan. Oh my gosh, I actually got it. I didn't get Shilder. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It was from the original generation. Now. Can we get it on our nose launch? I thought okay. the thing was going to be is you pick the ones that sounds, were particularly so ridiculous, but it's like, no, these are all real animals. What if you're going to go that route? <laughs> Okay, I'm proud of myself. I didn't get Shelter a long time ago. <laughs> Remember that? But I got Genghis Khan. Well, you got Genghis Khan. <laughs> Genghis, Genghis Khan. Sorry, I keep getting messed up. No, you got Genghis Khan, so similar, even though you know? his real name is Kangas Khan. I had to feed you Kangas Khan. It's like, what's the yeah. one that's like a kangaroo that's also Genghis Khan? I mean, Kangas Khan? <laughs> Number four. Though regarded as peaceful, beautiful creatures, they will happily drink blood for its nutrients given the opportunity. That's, that's a real animal. That's a bat, isn't it? Holden says real animal. Yeah, I gotta go real animal. I'll make it interesting, Pokemon. All right, Darby says Pokemon. It is a real animal. Do you know mm. what animal? Holden says bat. Jeff. I can't do anything else but go off of Holden. <laughs> <laughs> it's a butterfly. Hell really? yeah, butterflies. Yep. Get butterflies. it, butterflies. Right? Butterflies are vicious. They will suck blood. <laughs> oh, wait. They I have will, no idea. They ha- given the opportunity, they will happily drink blood happily. for its nutrients. The happily is what I thought might be Pokemon. <laughs> that sounds like a Pokedex entry. I didn't see scientists being like, oh, yeah, they're jazzed about it. Oh, man. They yeah, you can measure their endorphins. Number five. It can topple an Indian elephant by enveloping the prey in two seconds. Doesn't that kind of a giveaway that it's an animal? Yeah, I think it's, it's they don't have elephants well. in the real Pokemon world, do they? So we got two Pokemon, one real world. It is a Pokemon. I kind of remember this one from the Easy Ally podcast where they're like, uh, an yeah. elephant? Wait, wait, wait. They talk- where did the description come from? They don't have real animals they, in Pokemon, do they? They mentioned they, an Indian were, elephant in the original Pokedex description. So they sometimes in That's Pokedex weird. and even sometimes in the anime randomly reference real animals. Even though they technically don't exist, and I think that, India. that does they reference it breaks India. my brain. <laughs> That's Hold, what blew for, my for mind. What I, for what I've gathered, the Pokédex is just complete chaos. I think it's yeah. legitimately they hand it to interns and they're like, write whatever the hell you want because it doesn't <laughs> make sense half the time, especially in the older games. <laughs> Darby and Jeff, do you know what Pokemon it is? I'm sure Jeff does. I do not. I can't remember that one. I'm gonna go Squalot. 
Any yeah. any any just out there guess? Uh, Jeff just what'd you say? Oh, no, I mean, that was I, Jeff's I, guess. Do you have a guess? Okay, it's Gastly. Snorlax. <laughs> oh hell yeah, Gastly. <laughs> yeah, I just pictured Gastly just like, enveloping an entire elephant. That sounds right. horrifying. Two seconds. I I knew it wasn't swallowed, but I was like, I could. I didn't think it was that, but I don't know if you guys know what it is, but. It, it's this really big Pokemon that can open its mouth really wide, and there's official art of it. So if he's like, I can see them trying to like stretch it up to like probably rule thirty four of it. <laughs> oh yep, hell yeah. Number six, it can sense the electric fields of all living things, allowing it to hunt through electrolocation without even using its eyes, ears, or nose. Oh, real animal. real animal. I'm gonna go real animal as well, but I have no idea which one. That is a real animal. It, I, Any I, guesses? Bat? It's, uh, That's a platypus. 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 <laughs> all right. <laughs> Interesting. The, the bill detects the electric fields of all living things. A platypus has no eyes, ears, or mouth? It doesn't, it use, doesn't them. use those. Use them. Okay, I was about to say. To geez. sense. To hunt. Yeah. Huh. Um, next up, the fingerprints are so similar to humans that they have confused crime scene investigators. That's Pokemon. <laughs> I might be wrong. Yeah, I Pokemon. get it. Because they found, like, if they found an ape's fingerprints, to be like, man, these massive human hands. Like, I don't see that, <laughs> that happening. I'll go with the Pokemon. Yeah, I'm going like, to go Pokemon as well. All and, three are wrong. That is a real animal. Oh, my God. Really? It's a koala. <laughs> Damn koalas. Really? Koala bears? Koala bears, yep. Committing our crimes. Yeah, I think the koala just straight <laughs> right. up killed them. Every, Who robbed the this thing. bank? The Next fingerprints go, are everywhere. <laughs> go rob a bank, but bring a koala with you and have it touch everything, too. There you go. Next up, they are sensitive to danger from an early age. If they sense a hazardous situation while in the egg, they will hatch early to escape. Hmm. One more time? Sorry, I missed part of it. They are sensitive to danger from an early age. If they sense a hazardous situation while in the egg, they will hatch early to escape. I'm saying Pokemon. I'm saying Pokemon is this Togepi. Okay. <clears throat> I'll go with Pokemon too. Uh, this is a real animal. Jeez. It's a red-eyed tree frog. So it's not Togepi. It is not Togepi. No. Okay. Yeah, it's a real animal. But Togepi, Togepi is the egg. It doesn't hatch out of the egg. <laughs> well, I thought like maybe it got out so quickly yeah. that like it just became a part of its body. I don't know. Togepi's no. a weird actually makes the opposite sense it should make, actually. If it stayed longer, then it could become a part of itself. <laughs> that of us out sooner. No. It's freaking frogs. They're just like, get out of my egg, yo. Three more. Its skin is very thin. If it's exposed to light, its blood heats up, causing it to grow weak. Man, I'm really bad at like <laughs> figuring yeah. out what wording is Pokédex. I thought for sure some of these were Pokédex, and they're not. I got Pokemon. Like, yeah, I'm gonna go Pokemon because it sounds like a status condition. Go real animal. <laughs> made, made this interesting. That is a Pokemon. Any right. guesses what it is? Snorlax. Mm. I'm just kidding. It's not Snorlax. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> uh, Salandit. I don't know. It is a Diglett. Diglett. Yep. Oh, that makes sense. Two more. When it encounters an unusual smell, it foams at the mouth and spreads that foam all over its body. The purpose of this is unknown. Pokemon. The unknown purposes. Yeah, I'll go with Pokemon. I, I, uh, sure, it's a Pokemon. I have no clue, but it's a Pokemon. That is a real animal. That is a hedgehog. What is our score? Our score has to be pretty abysmal right now. <laughs> of, 
of the 10, which means there's 20 opportunities for points, if you guess it, uh, Holden and Jeff are in the lead with five. Darby, you have four. <laughs> it's still close. Oh, no. All right. The last right, Jeff, one. Final question. Just you and me. <laughs> it's droppings are hot, so people used to put them in their clothes to keep themselves warm. I really hope that's not real. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to say that's a real animal because I feel, I don't know, I'm, it sounds so crazy that it might be real. It's a Pokemon. And I can s- uh, I'm, I'm going... I'm going I'm going real too. That is a Pokemon. Any guess, Jeff, what it is? So you can I know extend your lead. Pokemon it is, but I can't remember its name. It's like Dwarmar or something? Is that you're you've got a lot of the right letters. Um I I just forgot I forget the name. It's Darumaka. Darumaka, yeah. So what we yep. learned is Game Freak's nasty. Someone had to come up with this. <laughs> they gotta put poo-poo in their coats. Uh, yeah, so the final standings are Jeff with six points, Holden with five, Darby with four, and that was Easy Allies' rendition of Tanner Menthon's rendition of Pokemon or Real Animal. That's it for Game on Game Show, and that is it for our podcast. Woo, that's a long one. Thanks, everyone, for hanging in with us. Uh, again, patreon.com slash respawnaimfire. You can go to influence what we play, play along with us, or whatever the third thing is. Oh, look, download wallpapers. If you're playing along with us for Barf this month, it is Donut County. Uh, write in with what you think of the game, whether you've already played it or whether you're playing it for the first time. I know Alex has already played it. He's going to email in his stuff. He already told me a little bit about it. I uh, can't wait for everyone else. And uh, thank you so much to our guests from Nerds at Large. Please plug all of your stuff where people can find you, how they can support you. Yeah, you nerds. Uh, we are nerds at large. You can find um, us at youtube.com slash nerds at large. Uh, you can check out our nerds at large gaming podcast posts every Monday on all the podcast services. Nerds at large spoiler cast for our uh, uh, movies and TV show reactions. Uh, Bojack Horseman coming up. They'll be cool. And uh, check out Nerds and Dragons will be our D and D podcast that uh, will be appearing. I'm doing all the music for it and doing the uh, editing and writing the story and. It's going to be a good time. Yeah. And uh, uh, twitch.tv slash Nerds at Large Gaming. You can check out all of our streaming content. Watch us kill our Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> it's pretty sad. <laughs> Dope. Well, thank you guys for hanging out with us. Until next time, here's our usual sign-off. Do you remember Anthem? <laughs>